He says weird shit. Oh, they're not white? Why aren't they in the camp already? Go forward! Murder! Forward! Murder! You guys are stupid. You are hard to be around. Motherfucking evil Paul time. You're a dabbler. Like, why'd you do that? Why aren't you speaking German? Shit. <laughs> I was never here. Ah, oh, welcome back to people time. Whoa! Motherfucking people time. Motherfucker. Yeah. Fucking uh, dabblers. Dude, how do we do this every week? I don't even know. I don't even get it. But we do it. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how we do it. It's because we love our dabblers. It's for you guys. Yeah, we don't do this for us. We're miserable. This is for you guys. This is all self-sacrifice. And for history. Yeah. And to represent our our gang. The dabblers. The dabblers. Blah, 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 blah. And the bones boys. Motherfuckers. Bone boys. Yeah. Y'all want to see some bones? Got them in my backyard. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say they were somewhere else, like in your pants. In my pants. Yeah. So, you know, I always recommend people tell their grandparents about us or weird cousins. Yeah. There are some people that they have recommended us to who didn't receive it well. Really? Who wouldn't receive this well? It doesn't matter. If they don't receive our bones? It doesn't matter where, what, how they felt before. Yeah. Before they, you know, you know, I got a big backyard. <laughs> we bury more than bones back there. Mm-hmm. My dog unburies them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't talk shit on my podcast. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Uh, Sarah Kaya Comsen. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Sarah Kaya Comsen? <laughs> I'm not talking to you. <laughs> That's a good name. I like that name a lot. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I'm Brink from Team Pups and, Pup and Suds. You're who? Brink. Oh, Brink. From Team Pup and Suds. Because I'm a soul skater. I, I skate for fun. For soul. Uh-huh. For soul fun. I get souls too. I mean, it's actually kind of a big deal. It... Brink? Brink. You sound like an intense individual. Mm-hmm. A soul collector. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Sarah does too. So pup and suds, bones, boys, it's all it's all linked. It's all wrapped in there. Yeah. We are not being nonsensical. No, this is all no. real. Nothing about people time is a non sequitur. It's all le- legitimate. Yeah. And rational. Makes sense. Yeah. Including the the tablet that I jerked off on to seal Tila tequila into my freezer. <laughs> it's all that. It's been a while. What does Michael think about that? The Archangel Michael? I mean, you know, she's an ultimate evil. Yeah. So, so usually he's like, just keep her in there! Slayer! It's better! Jerk off on it again, though. <laughs> so I do. Right. Every Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Micro- well. You know, microwave it so it's warm. Why does it need to be warm? You know, I use it. And <laughs> <laughs> I put it back in the freezer, and then on Mondays, my freezer starts rattling. You gotta do the thing. She's twerking in there, so I have to reseal her. Yeah. Thanks to, you know, Jack Parsons' advice. Well, besides having bones in your backyard and in your pants, yep. do you have an Eiffel Tower in your pants? Wish I did. Because? So I could fuck the world for 72 hours. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not Hendrick. No, I wish I was Kendrick, man. Kendrick? Yeah. Hendrix. <laughs> Kendrix. <laughs> this is a weird name. Yeah. Yeah. Wish my dick was as big as the Eiffel Tower, like Kendrick. 
Well, speaking of the Eiffel Tower, that's what my fun fact for the day is. Ooh, you tied that in nicely. Thanks. Good segue. We're, we're professionals. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Eiffel Tower is a shower, not a grower. <laughs> but yeah. it does grow a little bit. Already? So the Eiffel Tower... Wait, it gr- what do you mean it grows? Yeah, it does. So the Eiffel Tower can be 15 centimeters taller during the summer. Um, it actually gets taller. And the reason why, of course, is because... Hot French ladies. That's it. Yep, there It go. starts growing. Well, in the summer, they wear less clothes. And the tower's like, Whew. Yeah. She's got the meat sweats. Yeah, yeah. Lean against the... Well, that's a tower of Pisa. Never mind. Yeah. Maybe he can see it from there. <laughs> he probably can. I don't know. He's tall. He's 15 centimeters taller. Maybe he sees it just That's then. what he's doing. He's stretching up. <laughs> oh, there she is. I gotta see the... Italian ladies, too. <laughs> I don't know if they could see from there, but fuck it. Yeah. yeah they can. He's trying. He's trying. Yeah. No, it, yeah, so during the summertime, the, it gets hotter, it heats up, and it expands. It's the metal that expands in there. So it's mm. actually 15 centimeters taller during the summertime. Which makes sense, yeah. Um, I wish I was 15 centimeters taller in my... In your, in your pants? Eiffel Tower, yeah. Yeah. Well, so what? What was? What's fifteen centimeters in America? <laughs> in America? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like about eight and a half inches, is, uh, give or take. Because the centimeters, two inches, ish. Something like that. Something around there. One and a half, two and a half. I think it's two and a half. So cut fifteen and a half, ish. Yeah. In nine. So, if I were to add fifteen centimeters to my current Eiffel Tower, yeah, I would be about five inches. <laughs> nice. Yeah push my any out <laughs> yeah so there there would be something to be seen it's i good. do the same thing around italian women too <laughs> <laughs> italian women does the trick huh yeah i like how their skin is greasy not olive skin i was gonna say for the color but it's weird you said greasy than olive olive oil Anyways. yes they eat olives they're olive colored which, yeah, it's a good which, skin color. Which is why we are... I wish my skin was more olive-colored. Pale, because yeah. I eat, eat semen. Yeah, mine's... Uh, I can see my veins all over. It's mm-hmm. pretty much clear. That's oh. how white I am. I can see all the blue in my veins. It's the worst. I don't know how we've ever been laid. How are we... How are white people... Like, why aren't we on the bottom? We are We are the grossest-looking ones, right? Really are. It's a sickly color. Yeah, it looks like I'm always ill, even though I'm. I'm Why? Well, sometimes I am ill. Well, yeah. Pretty often. But even when I'm really feeling really good, I'm. Uh, are you okay? Doesn't matter. You're. Some, you look sick. I know. I know. I look. That's how I've always looked. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot because I don't sleep a lot, so I always just kind of look like shit. Yeah. I don't. Know. There's this lady at my work that just bulldogs me in the hallway, and I'm like, look, I know it's hard to look at this. You just don't have to. Yeah. Just look away. Look away. I'll try to warn you before I'm coming around. Like, here yeah. I come. So every time I run into her in the hallway, I'll be like, bitch, I'm coming. <laughs> look away. Avert your eyes. I know I this is hard. I can't stop. I can't stop. Oh. It's like, look at her car crash. Like, <laughs> she can't turn away. <laughs> now, that's a good point because, you know, like, other uh, uh, Skin races. Colors. Yeah. Makes sense. That they're like in the sun. We look like we've lived. White people look like we came out of ca- fucking caves. Like I look, I'm not done. That's all it is. Like look at my hands. <laughs> like you can see my yeah. It's you can like, see my veins inside the, like my palms. It's like, like raw dough. Yeah. Should have been cooked a little bit longer. You need to go back in the oven. Fuck. Anyways, and that's it. Like white ladies just pop us out too quick. Like we would have turned brown. 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah. This is what we were in there. Long and she long. was like, I got the buns in the oven. And someone's like, you let them out too soon, though. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah, put it back in. Yeah, you need to put it back in. Or you need to turn the heat up or something. There's something wrong. <laughs> well. We're cooking at half temperature, bro. Speaking of weird, undercooked people, we're talking about George Patton. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. George Patton. He's a white guy, right? Very white. Very white. Very pasty and strange and ugly looking. Now, George Patton, now, that rings a bell for me. That instantly thinks of World War II. That's it. Uh, the Battle of the Bulge. Big one. And your family, because your, your grandfather was under yeah. Patton. Yeah. So this is actually a request from my pops. All right. Because of that. Like I, Does he listen to the show? The, uh, the program? I, I think he... Fuck. <sighs> so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. Programs. Yeah. Um. He says he does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say they do. I don't know. Yeah. And most people that I associate with are like, "Yeah, great show." And I'm like, "You don't. You don't. You, you don't listen. You're being polite." Our our audience is growing. I have to thank our dabblers because you guys rock. We are getting more and more and more mm-hmm. and more listens. It's insane. You have been telling your weird cousins. Yeah. We appreciate that. Hopefully they're less weird. Probably not, but you know, one can hope. I don't know. I think listening to us might make you less weird because you're like, I should I should be a more sober person or otherwise I'm going to end up like those two douchebags. Like Brink and Sarah. They're just odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. Sarah Kaya. Yeah. Sarah Kaya. Yeah. Combs in is a family name. Right. It's a surname. It's a surname. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, because I guess my grandpa fought under Patton in Europe and I didn't know my grandpa. I think he died. He died before I could like make real memories. I think in Europe he died. No. (laughs) Yeah. He died in Europe in 1945 when I was negative (laughs) 40. Yeah. It's a bummer. And I was around like, Oh, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I never got to really know him. Damn it. No, he died when I was like a kid where it's so, you know, like when your memories get mixed in with like, pictures and stories and tv shows and you don't know what's real right so i don't know yeah i'm sure i met him i don't remember i don't know yeah it's like a guy but he fought under patent so we have some stories that he told my dad to add into the story to give it some dimension okay which is should be fun that will be awesome yeah i like some first-hand stuff or at least uh, second hands passed down. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, and my grandpa apparently was one of those typical World War II guys. He didn't really, he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, who would? I mean, especially when Jesus, yeah. if he was under patent, I'm sure he saw some shit. Yeah, he's under old blood and guts, man. They, yeah, yeah. There's some shit I read about Patton that is pretty fucking dark. Well, I'm fucking ready to learn. Super cool. Um, so just keep in mind, he's just as a strange, strange creature. Is he? Yeah, he's just an odd. He's odd. Okay. Well, I'm excited to know why he's odd. In the best in the best possible way. I mean... Like, would you have hung out with him? Just real quick. If, you... he, if he would let me, for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just want to know what he says. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you want to be around just to hear what the fuck he says. That's pretty badass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to say some weird shit, I think. Yeah? He does. He is a talker. I've heard a story about something weird he said, but I'll let you tell the story. I'll let you tell the story. Cool. Yeah, if I don't bring it up. Because I, I did a lot of research for this, mostly just because I just kept wanting to learn more about him. I was like, oh, I want to what else did he do? Well, you've been doing this specific research for a while, because I've come over and so seen long. books at your house and more books. And yeah. we've been talking about it a little bit, but not much. You don't tell me too much about what's going on. It's a secret. Yeah, I'm going to learn. Because I'm a fucking dabbler. 
Oh shit! I guess I never thought we are dabblers. Oh yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. We are all dabblers, really, under the eyes of the Bones Boys. Mm-hmm. Our God and Savior, Bone Boy. Yeah. Oh, Bone Boy. <laughs> Near, far, wherever you are, you're a dabbler. Bring me the bones. That's what that's what we do on Sunday. That's how it works, yeah. Yeah. You guys don't know, but you now know. Our religious pr- procession is quite elaborate. And then we have doggy treats. Well, we give the dogs treats, and then we have our own treats. Yeah. 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 I drink beer and eat meat. I eat cheese, even though I'm not supposed to. That's my treat. I think that's why you're always ill. I don't feel good. <laughs> I hurt right now. <laughs> that's the, yeah. My lactose intolerance has been getting worse, and I'm just like, ah, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. That's how I am. Fuck you. I destroy myself, and I knowingly do it, so whatever. Like, I don't care. Body, you work for me, man. Yeah. Until you die, and then I'm going to be mad, and well, not much I can do, I guess. At least i got to eat a bunch of cheese. Right? I don't care. Who wants to be 80, like, doing yoga and eating kale? And be like, oh, I haven't eaten cheese, and that's why I made it to 80. Fuck that. I'll make it to 40 and be happy that I ate all the cheese along the way. Dude, yeah. A 40-year-old corpse cheese. full of cheese. <laughs> Just cheese bur- bursting out of the skin. You're like, seriously, I have a stomachache right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys won't know, but we're going to take frequent breaks. Oh, to, yeah. To shit our Just, brains out. And... Oh, God. Oh, Patton. More cheese. <laughs> More cheese. <laughs> Might as well just go through it. I want to lean into it. Yeah. I'm just sitting on the toilet with a whole brick of cheese. Just like, ah, my fucking life. <laughs> this is what America's about. <laughs> this is what George was protecting. <laughs> yeah. Well, George comes from a long line of uh, war guys. So his family was all in the military? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They're very... The Pattons are very... Kill everybody. Gung-ho. Is he a gruffy kind of... We're gonna go, we're gonna go to war. Yeah. He's sort of both. He He's very emotional, and he actually cries and whines a lot. So kind of like... Is he kind of like Ike? Like Ike, I kind of pictured as this rough, gruff, back neck, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tough skin. But then he was like writing poetry, and he was all pretty and stuff sometimes. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. Cool. I mean, Patton was an actual poet. He was too? Yeah. I did not know about that. And he, um, like, read so much about military history, people would consider him, like, an expert. That's cool. Quite an intellectual in that sense. And then he was also, like, calling everyone a cocksucker and yeah. drinking too much. Hey, you cunts, get over here. Yeah. Bring me some booze. He's he's a lot like Ike to the nth degree. Really? Ike was like calculated and had political ambitions, and Patton was always a hundred percent like, "You know, fuck about politics. I'll tell you what I think to your face." Yeah. Yeah, Patton's he's pretty fucking cool. Well, when was when was uh, Patton born? Uh, November eleventh, eighteen eighty five. Eighteen eighty five in Los Angeles. Yeah. What? He's old as shit. Yeah, when World War Two is happening, he's he's already in his late fifties. Shit, mid. Man. I, mean, I guess I yeah. kind of was in the same boat-ish. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So his uh, his grandfather was George Smith Patton the first. Okay. And so he, he's technically the second. Um, he's actually the third. Oh. Yeah, because his dad was George Smith Patton the second. Oh, so it didn't skip a generation or anything. It went down the line. I mean, yeah, that it went happens you know, often. First, so. second, third, but George goes by Patton Junior, even though he's actually Patton the third. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I guess Junior Junior sounds stupid. Yeah, I'm Junior Junior. Yeah. I'm Senior Junior. 
And yeah. it's like, shut up, George. Well, and so George Smith Patton the first fought in the Civil War as a Confederate. That's so weird. He went from the Civil War yeah. through all the way to like World War One and Two. Okay. He had some shitty things to say about Yankees, but Was he on the South? His grandpa? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, his grandpa fought with the Confederates under Stonewall Jackson in Virginia. Whoa! Yeah, and his actual, like, his grandma, uh, Virginia, went her whole life talking shit on Northerners and Yankees. Like, <laughs> she fucking hates She's him. like, John Wilkes Booth, baby! He's the man! Ah. Yeah, she listened to our episode, and she never stopped talking about how great he was. Yeah. Useless. Useless. <sighs> It's perfect. It's like my favorite quote of all the people time. Well, I mean, if you're a dumb piece of shit and your last words are... Looking at your own hands. <sighs> I, I suck. Yeah. So I like that someone had to help him look at his own hands because he couldn't. Oh, that no. seemed better. <laughs> Put my hands in front of my face. Useless. Useless. Like, Useless. Literally. Yeah. So... Your whole life. Fuck Patton Oswald Sr. Patton Smith. Sen- Patton Smith Sr. <laughs> Patton Oswald. Pat, Patton Oswald. I didn't mean to say that. I love yeah. Patton Oswald. Okay, fucking I awesome. I didn't mean to make a connection between him and a uh, Confederate, but well, I think he's named after Pat. Patton Oswald is. Yeah, Patton Oswald. I think is named after George Patton. Okay. Which is fun because I couldn't see him in a war ever, unless it's on a forum arguing about Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, you get in a war about that. Yeah. That guy's awesome. I love him. Well, um, yeah, his his actual dad. Uh, George Patton II never fought in a war, unfortunately, because he was military, but there wasn't a major war in between the Civil War and... World War One. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, we had a, some brief skirmishes with Mexico, but he was too old by then. So he died of failure. Oh, bummer. According to him and... Really? George he thought his own son is like, because God, you're such a... Why, didn't you, why wasn't there a war going on? Why couldn't you get out there? Why don't you go make one? Yeah, go fucking make your own war if you can. Fucking pussy. So I'm going to kill everybody for you. Can join one? Make one. Yeah. But uh, his family moved to California in Los Angeles. So he wasn't raised in Virginia around that blatant racism. So his Confederate thoughts were there but not prominent. That's better, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's a white guy in the turn of the century, so his opinions about black people aren't stellar. Yeah. Um, and his thoughts about the Mexicans are could be better. <laughs> Etc. Right. The Jews, women. Basically everybody that's not <laughs> as white as he is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's just what it is. So, um, yeah, he's born to, yeah, George Patton II and uh, Ruth Wilson Patton. And they call him Georgie. And he hated being called Georgie, so we're calling him Georgie. Good old Georgie. Here on out. Um, his dad was the district attorney in Los Angeles, and he also worked for a guy named Don Benito, who is his father-in-law. And Don Benito is an interesting guy. He just ran vineyards in, in California. So Sounds like such a mafia name. I'm Don Benito. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I did some research on Don Benito, and he generally just sounds like a cool guy. He was like a fur trapper. Oh, cool. And he had millions of dollars in vineyard money. Shit. So when Georgie was born because his dad's an attorney and his his uh the other side of the family is very very wealthy he's just spoiled as fuck georgie is yeah he's high class living in mansions classy little boy oh mm-hmm. he go to fancy schools yeah kind of because he's kind of a dumbass 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, he has dyslexia. I shouldn't say that. He's not a dumbass. He does? Yeah. Yeah, that's not being a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that idiot can read very idiot. well because it's dyslexia. Idiot has a condition. <laughs> no, dyslexia is, yeah, it's a real thing. That's a real thing. So yeah. uh, he was treated like a dumbass and thought he was. Well, especially that time frame, yeah. I don't think that they knew about that. Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah, that's just speculative. When you look at his writings, the letters are all fucking mixed up. Yeah. And he's a smart guy who's constantly like, I'm an idiot. And so people think, yeah, he had dyslexia. I gotcha. So he didn't go to super great schools, actually, until he got into the military. But um, he has a sister, Nida, and his aunt, Nanny, who I'm only bringing up because Aunt Nanny is just a hilarious part of his upbringing. Yeah. So his Aunt Nanny is his mom's sister. Okay. And her name is Nanny. I think it's... Her real name is Nanny. It's not like a Nick, like a cutesy kind of family. Nah. Yeah, her name is actually Nanny. Weird. And she is in love with George Patton Jr., George Patton II. What kind of name is Nana? Nana. Nana. It means grandma. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, you're Sarah Kaya, so I have to do one. It's fair. All right. Yeah, th- we can do a lot of office shit. I'm so sorry. Um, But... Yeah, so Nanny is in love with George Patton II, but George Patton II marries her sister. Bummer. So in reaction, Nanny just becomes a spinster and lives with the family and just... That's weird. Can you imagine being like, oh, I have this huge crush on this girl. Oh, she married my brother. I guess I'll go live with them. Maybe one day. <sighs> that's That's everything I read is they were like, I guess they were hoping that she was hoping her sister would die so she could marry him. Like, hey, I'm a lot like my sister. I've already been around your kids. This is perfect, right? What happened instead is just, she's just always around spoiling George and his sister Nida. And just Nida's a weird name, too. Weird. Nida? Yeah, N-I-T-A. How do you not say Good night, Nida. Good night. Good night. Weird name. We're idiots for naming you this. Go to bed. Yeah, George. <laughs> like a regular fucking name and Nida. That's where, like, one person got to choose one name and one person got to choose the other one. They were <laughs> yeah. like, well, if we can't agree, then we'll, you choose one, I'll choose the other. Or you let her choose her name. And her first words are, nah, nah. Then, okay, Nida, that's... I'll write that down. That's the dumb shit name you want. Wow, that's, <laughs> idiot. That's it forever. <laughs> you and your brother are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's permanent. Yeah. Um. Well, so I guess uh, because uh, Nanny wanted to pretty much be George's actual mom. She just acted like his mom and doted on him and spoiled him. And his actual mom was like, well, okay, whatever. I guess she just was like, my fucking weird sister has nowhere else to go, so I'll just let her, I guess. All right. All I know is George could not get in trouble when he was a kid. Like, if he, if anything happened where he was going to be disciplined, Nanny would throw a fit. She'd protect him? Yeah. So was he doing anything that was outrageous or just normal kid shit? Boys stuff yeah yeah you know like smack the pets around or break something and then yeah. nanny's like he's too perfect to get in trouble and so he just got away with everything <laughs> oh so that's how george thinks he he's just, a little bit spoiled he just gets away with shit and they're yeah and they're very rich but uh well read um he does have dyslexia but he's a big reader and his parents and nanny read to him a lot so war histories uh the iliad the bible uh, mm. Stuff about Alexander the Great, Beowulf. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, a lot of stuff about the Confederates, like how fucking amazing Robert E. Lee is. Even though they, they lost. No, you lost. That's how that goes, though. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so really into history, really read to a lot. Um, and 
he played with his sister Nida. They played war games where Nida's older, so she was a major, and he was a private, and they would run around the yard killing each other, and his dad would salute them, which is just a fun... America, kids. Ah, you're America. Gonna, you're going to grow up to kill people. <laughs> yes. And he's a boy, so he's into guns and swords, fishing and hunting. Uh, he actually fucking loves swords. He calls himself the sword master. Is, is he good with them? He actually is really good at fencing. Oh, cool. Yeah. And later he designs a sword that the army it takes on. It really does? Whoa. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that. All right. Um, they're very Christian, Episcopalian. Uh, what does Episcopalian mean? Is there anything different than... I don't know much about Episcopalian. Some Protestant shit. Yeah. More... <laughs> Where their name is Episcopalian. Yeah. Fuck. It just sounds like... Yeah. It does sound like it'd be specific, but... I doubt. Sounds fun to say. Well, the pro- so their difference is that the Holy Trinity is like the Holy Ghost is actually a little spunky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like other Protestants, he's more either a metaphor or very serious. But when you're Episcopalian, he's like, hey. He like kind of dances and stuff when he talks uh, to you. You know what I don't think you should do? Don't do drugs. He gives like the Maybe nerdy... do gummy worms. <laughs> gummy worms. <laughs> like, Thanks, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Maybe that. And then he like pants the nerdy kid sometimes. <laughs> that's that's the Holy Ghost doing that one. Yeah, that's a lot like M- Michael. He's just sort of a jerk that walks around yeah. doing shit. God, I love the Christian pantheon. I, I hate it when the Holy Ghost did that to me. It was the worst. Because you were the nerdy kid. Yeah. He's such an ass. You're like, I'm not even Episcopalian, you dick. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You're a nerd. <laughs> Your your Mormon Trinity is just too sober. <laughs> hey kids, let's get some bananas and hookers. Just kidding. <laughs> so that's he's, he's, he's spunky. You're right. <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah, Episcopalian. I learned something new. That's what George heard in his head every day. Well, his parents kept him out of school until he was eleven, out of fear of being ridiculed for his dyslexia, even though. They didn't know what dyslexia was. They just thought he was a dumbass. They're like, he'll get made fun of for being an idiot. Yeah. They're like, my kid is dumb. Okay. Did they homeschool him at all or just like, you're not? Okay. Yeah, he was homeschooled, which makes you weird. It does. Especially if you're spoiled. Oh, that makes it worse. Yeah. He's a strange creature. How did he socially make it? I just barely. His social skills are fucking off. Are they? Yeah, they are really off. Sometimes those people are fun though, so. Yeah, sometimes they're kind of spunky. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Um, I did find a little fun fact looking at dyslexia. The real Tom Cruise, like real life, has dyslexia. Really? Yeah. So, so how does he read scripts? Do you have somebody else kind of help him out or some shit? I think you can read with dyslexia just kind of harder, slower. Yeah. Well, there's like a – you can actually go on Google and, and there's like a test. Not a test. Uh, it's kind of like one of those things like this is how it looks to someone who has oh. dyslexia. And then like – I'm sure it's not exact. They're trying to just give you the idea, but like letters will move and change around and stuff and flip around and Jesus, it gets really hard to read a sentence when you're trying to do that. So they're like, that's what it kind of feels like to a dyslexia to, person. Yeah, I mean that just sounds like a huge bummer because it's annoying because like they're intellectually just like anybody else, their brain just doesn't process like words, symbols and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking annoying. And it yeah, it often causes people to have very deep 
self-esteem problems. Which is a bummer. Cause they just think it's not their dumb. fault. Yeah. yeah. They just think they're dumb. Um, when I was a kid, they actually gave me a dyslexia test because they thought I had it. I'm actually just dumb. <laughs> they're like, they're like we, we don't want to offend anybody here. We think he probably is just dyslexic. And then when they're not like, oh, no, he's an idiot. Sorry. Yeah, that's what the test came back as is, nope, you're just dumb. You're stupid ass. It's like, well, there it is. <laughs> that's awesome. Just take that with me. Well, um, try to spare your feelings in case you're dyslexic and instead you're just not. That's eh, what it is. That's why it, why we're in a podcast to learn. It's awesome. I'm fucking dumb. Motherfucking Epo Paul time. <laughs> That's what I see when I read it. Just because I'm dumb. Yeah. Yikes. Well, uh, he was kind of funny about it. I mean, he did have self-esteem issues with that concern, but there's a quote from him. He said, well, any idiot can spell a word the same way time after time, but it calls for imagination, and it's much more distinguished to be able to spell it several different ways the way I do. Yeah. So okay. he's having fun with that's it. That's fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, in uh, when he was 12, he was finally uh, enrolled in school, which is like the classical school for boys in Pasadena. Um, An all-boys school? Yeah, pretty normal back then. Hmm. You know, you want to keep the sexes separate because um, they all impregnate each other. And the and the women can't learn as much as the men, so you don't want to slow the pace down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're probably ta- teaching very different subjects. Like, you get math and science, and you get cooking and baking. A pro- I think you're probably right on about yeah. that. Like, this is how you sew. Yeah. This is how you rub your husband's feet. I was about to say, this is how you tell your husband that he's much better than you. Yeah. Tell You know, tell him who's in charge of the household. You are, honey. And the whole class repeats that over and over again. And who has to deal with the kids? You do. Every day. When he comes home and hits you, that's okay. It's actually normal. He had a bad day. Make sure the turkey's not dry next time. Do not burn it. Do not. Man, that, I will burn I'm you. so glad I was not a woman in those times. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm glad I'm not a woman any time. That's actually very true. Like, even now. Yeah. They still get paid less and ridiculed. At least when now you, you get hit that you can call the cops. <laughs> Before, they'd be like, yeah, well, what was she doing? Yeah. Did she deserve it? Oh, okay. Is she talking well, back? see you later. <laughs> yeah, it's like if a woman called the police on her husband in the 50s, the husband could call the police back and be like, ah, she was talking back, and the cops were like, oh, right. That makes sense. I hear you. Lock her in the cellar. That's what I do, Bill. All right, <laughs> see you for cards on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. What a better time. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um... Well, yeah, he still gets kind of shitty grades because of his uh, grammar, and again, they just don't know that it's like a condition. Yeah. But in 1902, when he's a teenager, he meets his future wife, uh, Beatrice Iyer, from, I don't know, their family's another upstanding family. Beatrice? Yeah, Beatrice Iyer. Sounds like a Harry Potter name. does kind of sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also the lady Dante's obsessed with. That's kind of a classical name. Mm. Yeah. But, um... She, her family is friends with his extended family, yada, yada. They uh, hang out for summers, the way rich people do. Cute. And, um, the... Summer loving, got me so fast. Having sex with a teenage girl. <laughs> Does he have a car? Mm-bap-bap, <laughs> I don't know the words, I'm sorry. That movie is fucked up. <laughs> it's a really weird movie. Well, the ultimate lesson is... Change yourself to be with a greaser. Yeah. Wear leather pants. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll grope you. <laughs> and he'll grope you. And he'll hit you around if you talk too much. 
Probably. But if you're nice and you give him a blowjob, he'll buy you ice cream. Yeah. I mean, he gets uh, most of it unless he's lactose intolerant. Then, well, he's still gonna eat most of it. <laughs> and you just have to deal with his farts. Yeah. Okay. You have to give him a blowjob while he has the farts. <laughs> that's, that's the. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, that's the smart. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she's just. Oh. She's not even gagging because of what you think. It's because of the farts. I'm sorry. Maybe it's both. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's what John Travolta's into. I'm sorry, I keep going off topic. That's why we know. Well, John is, he's aggressively homosexual. He just hasn't admitted that yet, so. Oh, is he? Yeah. Hmm. As far as I can tell. That's what Tom Cruise told me. Well, uh, the Ayers are staunch Republicans, and the Pattons are staunch Democrats, so they would scream at each other over dinner. and Romeo and Juliet. Very much. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's see. They, uh, they did hook up. That first time they met each other, I mean, history does report that they probably fooled around about eight times. <laughs> Are you serious? Georgie's unsure because he's like, it depends on how many like condoms come in a box. And the symbol is a little bit weird looking. It might have been seven or nine or 14. It's hard eight. for me to tell. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> but yeah, it does report that fluids were exchanged. Is it really? Like they well, had my, sex? My history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they fooled around. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're teenage kids. And but that's just fun because, uh, yeah, he marries her later. It's just the only people they ever hook up with. Nice. Well, he cheats on her later, but that's really, of course. Oh, spoilers! He's a powerful man. They all do that. Men. Men. Fucking idiots. I am not psyched to be one. Well, I am, but I'm not. I mean, it's it's a whole lot better than what I'm hearing from the other side. Clearly better. <laughs> yeah. Not. I'm saying men are better. Just that it's better to be a man. Looking at the options that are available. Yeah. If I had to, I would re-up every year. <laughs> Thank you, Louis C.K., yep. for our jokes that we stole from you. <laughs> hey, thanks. You don't have a career anymore, so we're going to use them. Yeah. You're not using them anymore. You're right? not using them. <laughs> Let me use them. What are you <laughs> funny. Doing? You're not doing anything with them. Yeah. Jesus, you you started being weird to people, and now you have to be holed up in your apartment. That's not you. And now we will. Now there are jokes. I mean, we'll still credit you, so don't worry. That's fine. Yeah. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. We don't have any money, so they're, yeah. not, they're not getting shit out of me. You're not taking my dog, so good luck. Nah. Yeah, I got some beer. I'll buy you. Hey, Louie, you want some beer? Yeah. I mean, well, I'll hang out with you. And Let's you have settle a out of court. Yeah, yeah. With beer. And Come join our podcast. I'll tell you your jokes back to you. <laughs> <laughs> and my like, wife will hate that it. That's so funny, dude. When you said this. Remember that? Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember when you said that? And he's like, I'm suing you. I'm taking your house. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Have a beer. Well, Georgie uh, goes to the Virginia Military Institute in 1903. Um, it's like the other side of the country. Way back over in Virginia, yeah. yeah. How old is he, you said? It's 1903, so I think he's like 18. Okay, yeah. 17, 18. And uh, his father and grandfather went to this same school. And there's just sort of a cute... Uh, anecdote the 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 guy who the tailor who fits you for your cadet uniform said that the measurements for all three of them was exactly the same i mean which is fun they're rel they're relatives so that can happen obviously i mean it can happen anyways but yeah i, I guess it's more of just kind of a cute thing to bring up he was so proud of that he's like you know the what? same cut same dick size i always have to flop it over to be able to get that seam yeah. and same across the board yeah the tailor was like 
you both your grandpa and your dad have the same curvature that you have. Yeah. Like when you're fully erect and it bends to the left, and he's like, how do you know what they look like erect? And he's like, I know how you look erect. <laughs> See how the tailor looks at their dicks. Yeah. That's what we're trying to get at. It's a normal thing. It's um, my friends when they, they do the cuppage. Yeah. Same thing, except he has you pull it out and he pulls on it a little bit. Mm, make sure it's well attached. Well, really. Like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, because you know it's going to gain 15 centimeters if, you know, you're at a, a function and, you know, some yeah. pretty ladies come in. Like, you want the suit to be able to absorb the <clears throat> dimensions. Impact. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, the imp- impact. Just like, whack. Yeah, because you want the suit to not, like, break at the seams. Because he's just having a classy dinner and then, ah, <clears throat> oh, shit. Fuck. Fucking and- Taylor. And the tailor's like, oh, it points to the left, not the right. <laughs> I didn't reinforce that side. <laughs> That's what they do there. Well, uh, yeah, he's 18. Uh, he's six foot, 150, blonde, big. polished suit, polished gun. Yes, sir. Big guy. Big guy. He's a large gentleman. Right. So he, um, oh, actually, so in the middle of their first school year, they actually all got sent home early because... Some mysterious Irish cook cooked for them, some lady, and everybody got really sick. Typhoid Mary? Yeah. It's not actually Typhoid Mary, but they did all get typhoid. Really? Yeah, he didn't, but the school had a typhoid breakout. So I wonder if it's, is it by any means attached to the fact that maybe someone had it that got it from originally typhoid? What are we Mary? Here, 1903. I mean, so her whole thing was like the 20s and 30s, but that's not far off. Oh, so maybe not, though. Could be the same type of outbreak. Yeah. So, yeah, typhoid marries in the 20s and 30s, but I'm sure that's related somehow. Yeah. People time all wraps around itself. Yeah. In amazing ways. I'm still waiting for when you're like, yeah, and he had sex with Gandhi or something weird like that. Yeah, he has sex with Gandhi. Um, Bobby Fisher gives him a, a hand job. Right. He's personal friends with Hugh Hefner, uh, even though they don't like each other. And he writes a book with Churchill. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, none of that's true. <laughs> no, none of that's true. He, uh, he, the people time topics. He knows. He does know later in life. Winston Churchill and Eisenhower, obviously. Yeah. So they come up later. Awesome. Yeah, it's I like love when, when it comes together. When you're watching a sitcom and a character from a different sitcom comes in, and you're like, oh, what? and everyone like goes, yeah, and they oh clap. My God. I know that guy. Is that Kramer on The Wire? Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> Weird. What a strange. He's got to edit out all his, you know, racism jokes. Or there were a lot. There were a lot of black characters in The Wire that may not have gone well. (laughs) (laughs) And Jerry Seinfeld has to come apologize for him, and it's all awkward and weird. That was the strangest episode of The Wire. (laughs) Also, the best. (laughs) Really edgy stuff. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, um, what uh, the fuck are we talking about? (laughs) He's military school, eighteen years old. Right, so he goes to the military school, and he is offered to take the exam to go to West Point, which is what you want. West Point, isn't that where Ike went? Yeah, that's where Ike went. George is a little older than Ike, um, six or seven years. So when Georgie is applying to go to West Point, uh, Ike is still like a kid. Yeah. Just still Pooping his pants, maybe? Pooping his pants and being bald and ugly still, I think, probably. (laughs) Looks like a toe. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he just looks like a toe. And Georgie kind of looks like a toe. I mean, he's also bald and weird looking, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell the same joke. There's something about, like, toe-looking fuckers that are good in war. Yeah. You know, you stub your toe enough, and you get hard. Exactly. And it gets that weird callus on it. Yeah. That's who You're wins tough. wars. Yeah. That's how you kill Nazis. Uh, well, he is, you know, reported smart, but he struggles with Latin and math, but um, who doesn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Uh, I'm so glad I don't have to learn Latin. Fuck Seems no. hard. And what's the point? So you can read Virgil? Uh, fuck cares. I don't care. I don't care. Translate it for me. Yeah, get a guy in here. Yeah. That that egghead who learned Latin. <laughs> so I don't have to. <laughs> That's what America's also about. Yeah. You do it so I don't have to. <laughs> That's what people times about. We did the research. So you don't have to. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Subscribe. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of talk from him about his first year as a cadet because I guess at West Point... They call you a plebe. If it's your first year, you're a plebeian. Plebe. Just <laughs> fucked up. That's funny. But it's just constant hazing. Like, you just get yelled at and beat up, and they just... Isn't beat. a plebe just like an idiot? I think it's Rome. Like, from Rome, it's what they called a commoner. Yeah. But being a commoner is also being an... A dumbass. Yeah, an you're, idiot You're to not them. educated. So, because being a plebe is, is tough, and you're told that you're a failure every day. And he does have a learning disability, so... This is the same school where like people killed themselves, right? He actually goes to that later, but yeah, oh, okay. people do people do kill themselves at West Point. It's, they it's call me plebe every day. I get beat up. <laughs> Fuck this. Why am I here? They tell me I can't read because I can't. <laughs> and that sense of inferiority that he just has is just getting worse, and he he becomes a very depressed young kid. He does. Yeah, but he's his self esteem goes back up is as he excels in fencing and shooting guns. Yeah, call me a plebe. I'll shoot you. I'll cut your fucking face off. I don't off. miss. <laughs> he has he's actually an excellent shot, and at his time, like one of the premier fencers in the country. Oh, cool. He Weird. becomes like a, pre- a fencing motherfucker. Um, but he is very accident prone, which is like a thing that comes How up in his life. How many fingers does he have on his left hand? He has most of them. Does he have five or six? Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. The uh, six-fingered man. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good sword fighter. I don't know. Well, we're tying in uh, Andre the Giant here. Yep. Everybody, look it out. Sorry, is it a bit, it's a bit forced. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, Hedy Lamar is going to play into this story at some point, too. I'll just force it in there. <laughs> just force Hedy in there. Yeah. Yeah, Pat likes to force Head. Well, he is accident prone. Um, this is just a thing. He, I don't know, just sort of goes balls to the wall. He busted his head open running track. Um, he... Busted his gums open trying to like pull his own wisdom teeth out. What the fuck? Why? They have that. I don't have dentists at this time, right? I mean, like that's not a weird. Oh yeah, but he's just that weird. He fell off a horse. It like broke his arm. He bust like bruised his bones and his ass from falling on the ice. Yeah, there seems to be something with that too. With wartime guys that are all powerful, Winston Mm -hmm. Churchill walked out in front of a car because he thought it was the wrong direction while he was in America. Yeah. He also jumped off a bridge trying to grab onto a branch and went to a coma for a couple of days. Didn't he also do like he the train crashed and he got out and like yeah. fought a bunch of guys like and the train took off without him. <laughs> he was captured. I mean, these are like high intensity kind of people like and they kind of seem a little bit goofy. <laughs> a little bit goofy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely nothing. I get the horse thing though. I totally get that. Horses are no they're I, dangerous. I would fall off a horse immediately. Yeah. I don't don't like even put me on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to so get off. Puts me on the horse. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> ah, nah, I cracked Broke my, my arm. Worth it. Get the fuck away from me, you giant, weird animal. 
It's a dangerous animal. You know, whales and dolphins used to be kind of horse-like before they went in the water. Horses, just run to the ocean. Follow you. Just run. <laughs> Evolve if you have to. I don't care. I just don't want to look at you anymore. Get out of here. Get running. Dangerous jump, hoods. Jump off a fucking cliff. Fucking biters. They do bite, too. Yeah. Oh, they're so majestic. What? They're dangerous. <laughs> bite my arm off. Fucking hate horses. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man. This is uh Sorry, we have a lot of references to other uh episodes of ours too on this one. I'm sorry. Yeah, we suck our own dick a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. We're feels re- good. <laughs> we're removing our bottom ribs to, to yeah. Listen to some other episodes. Yeah, if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, go back. Yeah. It's all this high quality. <laughs> it's really all of our own jokes just coming back around. Just jumping up our own ass. Well, he uh writes a bunch of letters to his future wife Beatrice. And he told his father, I, I I fear that I am suffering from a bad attack of puppy love. Oh. That's a cute way of saying it. Yeah. But he's also very sad. He wrote to his dad, I am stupid. And there is no use t- talking that I am not stupid. It is truly unfortunate that such earnestness and tenacity and so much ambition should have been put into a body incapable of doing anything but wish Aside from my sprained ankle that I got this afternoon, I'm fine and sad. <laughs> oh my god! It's just a big, just a big sloppy mess of. He's just sad, sad, sad Georgie. <laughs> poor, poor Georgie. Um, but he does do very well academically. Actually, I mean, he. I think he says that he's stupid because he does have to work harder. Yeah. For comprehension, but he's kicking ass. He's doing a good job. Um, he becomes a second lieutenant when he graduates in 1908, and he's active military now. Woo. Yay! That's what he always wanted. He wants to be a killing machine. Yeah. Military is super cool. Um, he, uh, let's see. Well, he is assigned to Fort Sheridan in Illinois, and he spends his summer before that doing rich kid stuff, yachting and riding horses. Oh, sailing. And mm. brunch. Brunch. Mm. And a nice shirt. Hmm. Whether I would like some crepes, please. Why are there not uh, any brown people servicing me? Hmm. <laughs> well, there. Okay, here they come. Very nice. Um, he is an officer because he graduated from West Point. Nice. So you have guys who joined the military who are just like privates, and he's already a lieutenant. So at Fort Sheridan, he is a dick. He <laughs> yeah. he yells no. a lot. He yells a lot. And there's more speculation that maybe he's making up for his self-esteem or he just has a philosophy of discipline that is higher than usual. Yeah. But he just harasses the privates and yells at them. He harasses the privates. He does. A little too In much. public. Makes them a little red and... A little itchy. Yeah. yeah. A little chafed, maybe. Um, he actually made one so embarrassed that he had to issue a formal apology because whoa, some horse got away, and he told the private like, "Go get that horse!" And he starts speed walking. He's like, "Run, damn it!" <laughs> and just screaming at him about what a dumbass he is in front of other troops, and the other troops laugh at him. Yeah, and so that private tail- tattles on him, and he has to. He yelled at me. He issues a formal apology, which I if, thought back in those days. Yeah, people didn't give a shit if you yelled and stuff. I was surprised too, but apparently the American military has always had that standard of take a little respect. Easy, bro, 
Huh? You're not in the war yet. Take it easy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't overtly embarrass them. Okay. But issuing formal apologies becomes a theme in his life. Easy, easy issue a lot. Because of things like this. It's awesome. Georgie. <laughs> um, he ends up marrying Beatrice in May of 1910. Um, history does report more exchanges of fluid and moaning. Um, he wrote in his diary, I stormed the canyon like Alexander, but greater. <laughs> Did you really say that? In my, my notes say that. My notes say that. Yeah. Did he say that from your notes? He said it in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he stormed the canyon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a lightning bolt that he won to the left. <laughs> he won the battle unlike Napoleon at Waterloo. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he stormed B like, uh, like Napoleon stormed Poland. <laughs> he electrified her like Tesla did to that one chick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remember this forever. I'm going to remember this forever. He crisped her up. Yeah. Well, the, they exchanged so many fluids that they have their first daughter, who they named Beatrice, in 1911. They named the daughter the same as the, uh, as the mom. mom. Yeah. yeah, Beatrice the second. Uh, Georgie hates it. <laughs> he even won't refer to her as her in his diaries and letters. He refers to her, his daughter as it because it's not a boy. Really? Yeah. Oh, my. He literally wrote to his weird aunt nanny that the accursed infant has black hair, is very ugly, and is said by some dastardly people to slightly resemble me, which it does not, since it is ugly. <laughs> My God, is he, he didn't say that. That, I didn't make up. That's, he did? That's real. He said that about his own daughter. Yeah. Oh, man. Because it... He wanted a boy. He wanted a blonde boy. Which... Yeah. There it is. <laughs> God. This is a very spoiled... Uh, yeah. Opinionated. And I'm sure Nanny man. was like, oh, you deserve better. Oh, oh, yeah, she did. You should get rid of her and just go try a different girl. Yeah, pretty much. Shit. Maybe go find another lady to make a boy. Some, yeah. Some little bitch who doesn't just give you bitches with brown hair. God. Yeah. Um, This is also around the time that George does a thing that he does throughout his life. He goes to firing ranges at the base and stands in between the targets. What? Why? Why would you do that? He said he wanted to acclimate himself to the feeling of bullets coming at you. That just sounds stupid. He should be dead. He should have died then, so, in 1911. I take it the other people were decent shots, at least. Luckily. Did he ever get shot? No. Thank God. No. For his sake, I guess. But uh, he wanted to be so accustomed to battle that he could do that. That's fucking weird, I'm not going to lie. I told you, strange creature. Strange man. Sure, this wasn't some sort of weird social ploy to be like, this will make me cool. People will like me. It could be. <laughs> he could just be so calculated that everything crazy he does is, yeah, on purpose. Like, it's definitely not. I mean, he's. I mean, I was thinking the patent is like w what Trump supporters think Trump is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Where they're crazy to an end. Yeah. Whereas, not really in Trump's case. But in Patton, sometimes he's just crazy, but a lot of times he has a point to it. Yeah. Like standing up in a firing range makes you crazy, but it's because he wants to make himself better in battle. Yeah. Trump would never do anything like that. He just does the crazy stuff that's nonsense. Yeah, it just makes everybody fucking confused and aggravated. He uses the two words he knows, which is best and worst and nothing else. <sighs> Jesus fuck. But yes, he is crazy like Trump, but good way. Makes... 
somewhat sense. Yeah, because Trump is crazy and just sucks balls. Well, yeah. But Trump is actually a huge admirer of Patton. Really? Yeah, especially when he was running. He went on and on and on about how he's like Patton and our military is missing patents and he's gonna bring Patton back and everybody's like shut the fuck up yeah but I bet you those bone spurs made it hard for him to run made him hard to do anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except cheat on his wife multiple times and not pay taxes yeah so anyways uh, burn in hell I don't know yeah people time <laughs> people time <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, he, 1911, he's resigned, re-signed to Fort Myers in Virginia, which is a big deal because the Joint Chiefs of Staff are there, which means you can, uh, shake hands and move up the military quicker. Okay, yeah. No people. He's a very ambitious dude. So, him shaking hands and being nuts and in good shape leads to this strange bit. He was in the Stockholm Olympics in 1912. It's like the fifth Olympics. Weird. So when the Olympics first like came back in 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 uh, in I don't know who started it, Jesus. But yeah. we only had had five of them up till 1912. So there's a specific section of the old Olympics called the military pentathlon, where only members of the military would compete. Yeah. In a five part thing, and because of his ass kissery and ambition and physical fitness he joins the olympics does he do well he does okay um he was actually only told about it like a couple of like a month before oh shit and so he switched to a diet of raw steak and salad and is that a normal diet? <laughs> is that normal back then that means healthy <laughs> yeah okay i'd fucking eat that but yeah, it sounds delicious shit my brains out um but he didn't want to do it he was very grumpy but it was like an order you know, it's military. Come represent America in the Olympics. He's like, yes, sir. Yeah. So he actually took 21st in shooting, uh, sixth in the 300-meter swimming, third in fencing, wow. third in the 5,000-meter horse race, and third in the 4,000-meter cross country. So really, he was kind of close. He took fifth overall. Yeah. If He's he, up there. I mean, he took 21st in shooting. He had a bunch of... Excuses for why he fucked that the up. The sun was in my eyes. Yeah, it's everybody else's fault. But he did take 21st. If he had gotten better, he he probably would have gotten a medal. Shit. So he was pretty close. He did almost die during the uh, running, the cross-country run. What? Why? That doesn't sound like that makes sense. He was running and he almost died. Well, so he was sore. Um, well, he talked to the doctor and what he was given to get through the the dash or the run was a bunch of opium oh fuck that'll do something so he ran without regard for physical feelings right it doesn't hurt you just keep going you don't feel anything so he actually almost died from dehydration and exhaustion so he was pretty close to being dead already yeah early in his life because that's what he does yeah yeah and then he was shitting out a bunch of steaks and (laughs) it's just so fucking weird (laughs) it's just strange um, well, he gets more and more into the sword stuff. The army actually sends him to France to study under a legendary fencer, uh, to become one of the world's greatest fencers. Sweet. And he even designs a sword that ends up being called, um, well, it's actually like the official, it's called U.S. Army Sabre 1913, because the army's creative like that. But <laughs> it's, yeah. it's referred to as the patent sword. Did he get a patent for it? I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. 
we should have, but I think if you are in the military and you design something, it's just the military. It's theirs. So, yeah. It's, I think even sometimes when it's not, yeah. cough, cough, Hedy Lamar. <clears throat> if it ends up being useful later, yeah. we don't know you. Yeah. Oh, you guys showed up? I don't remember that. Even though you were topless in that movie once, we don't oh, care. Ecstasy. Even though she was like underage, right? It might be. She was barely eighteen, I think. Yeah. Hey, eighteen's eighteen. <laughs> well, um, he so gets uh, promoted a second lieutenant, and uh, he's getting a lot more uh, attention because he designed the sword and using the Olympics. Yeah. And his whole "look at me, look at me" kind of shit is taken off. He's transferred to Fort Riley in Kansas to teach sorting to the sorters with a sword. Swords. Yeah. He's stabby sword stuff. So he teaches what he knows. Yeah. And he is a very strict student, and Beatrice fucking hates Kansas. Why? Because it's Kansas. Kansas sucks. Nothing to do out there. But the Kansas Cyclone's going to be coming soon. The what? Kansas Cyclone. What Ike. is that? Oh, actually, Amelia Earhart, too. Oh, yeah. They're both from over there. Shit, yeah. But I guess it was pretty boring. A lot of flat, open, Yeah. whatever. But uh, Beatrice is actually so bored that she adopts an interest in fossils and archaeology and actually becomes like a, like, she has papers about that shit. That's cool. Yeah, she's like a scientist. Um, in June 28th of 1914, um, some asshole, who I believe his name is pronounced, take me out. Franz Ferdinand is killed. Yep. And Woodrow Wilson declares that America is neutral. We're not into it. We don't want to be part of World War One. Nah. Yeah. Tell us, call us about the second one, maybe. Yeah. But George uh, is so pissed off because he's so into the idea of killing that he actually writes his superior several times where he's like, can I... Here's the thing. I'm going to stay in this military. I'm with you guys. Just for now, let me go join the French military because I want to fight. Really? Yeah. That's fucking weird. And they deny him because they're like, no. No. Year, hours. Yeah. But that's how bad he wants to fight. Like he was like, I'm not I'm not switching armies. I'm with you. Just give me I'm I'm I wanna be both. I wanna do both. I wanna fight. Let me kill someone. God. Yeah. And to his credit, at least he said he wanted to join the French and not the Germans, so Yeah. Good good job, George. Yeah. Um in uh February of nineteen fifteen, Beatrice actually failed again by having a daughter. Oh my god, that whore. When, when, what is she doing? You're supposed to keep it cold it's some... for three months. You keep the uterus very cold okay. and then extremely warm after that. Everybody knows that. Well, and you got to eat a lot of beets. I saw something. You have to eat like fish, like fermented fish, and be faced south mm-hmm. on the bed. Yeah. And I'm, pre- I'm sure that's what Georgie was doing. But yeah. Beatrice is such a fucking bitch. <laughs> it feels better when my legs are down, not up. We're, you're going to make another weak little woman. Damn it. So he has a second daughter. Which is what happened, Ruth Ellen. Uh, Georgie's less of an asshole about it, but still kind of an asshole about it. Yeah. Another yeah. ugly one, whatever. Gross, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try again. I'm facing you south. <laughs> um, he got more fucked up. He, uh horse kicked him off, and he got nine stitches in his head. A uh, couple months after that, he flipped his car <laughs> What? and almost died because he fell into a pile of gravel, like into a pile of gravel, and his mouth was full of gravel, and somebody had to like scoop it out scoop it out of his mouth before he died. Hey, you got some gravel in there. So 
he has almost died already several times. This is just... He seems a bit clumsy. He's an odd cat. Yeah. Well, this is the first time that he gets something that he's stoked about. He gets reassigned to Fort Bliss in El Paso. Because what's going on in Mexico is... Do you know anything about... What's his name? Uh, Pancho Villa? Pancho Villa? Mm-mm. Pancho, nope. It's Pancho Villa. Because it's two L's. Exactly. Mm. But I don't... I don't know. I'm too dumb. Not, too dumb. not dyslexic we're just dumb oh no yeah dyslexics can be plenty i can totally see their l's and we i'm just dumb no yeah yeah it's not mixed in my brain <laughs> i'm dumb <laughs> <laughs> well uh in mexico pancho villa is like a robin hood type of villain i guess they call him a villain in history now because america fought him okay yeah but mexico was you know kind of like mexico now is run by a lot of shady types dickheads the president gets assassinated and switched and there's a coup d'etat and la da da so poncho is up north in mexico and he's doing that he robs people and he gives it to his soldiers and doing that kind of thing but the u.s mexico border is not agreed to by the mexicans like we have the border that we have now is pretty much the same but they're like that's ours yeah they're like not too long ago that was Hours. That was Mexico. So they come and go on the border as they want because they don't have that wall yet. Thank oh God. Thank God we have it now. <laughs> but they would go into towns in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and just fucking straight up rob and murder people. Huh. And the general there, Brigadier General John Pershing, is sent down to figure it out. And Georgie uh, is out there with him in uh, this place called Sierra Blanca is in, in an outpost in Mexico. And this is very Old West shit. Yeah. I mean, everybody's uh, gunslinging. There's a lot of cowboys. Ew. And Georgie fucking loves it because it's all manly. Drink, shoot, ride, shoot, drink, ride. Yeah. Yeah. He loves that cowboy shit, uh, even though it results in some country music that's a little less oh, than. Some country music and some really bad wardrobes. Why wear the hats? Why do cowboy boots, too? I don't care. They it, don't look comfortable. Don't wear a, a shoestring around your neck and say it's fancy, and that, that's what, what you're going to wear at the wedding. Bolo tie? It's, just, it's, not a, it's a shoestring. With a stupid little emblem on it with like a uh, fucking cow. And a big, giant fucking belt. Like that you know, belt buckle. What the fuck? I get it. I want to walk around with guns, and I want my okay. boots to clink on the ground because it sounds fun. But I'm also kind of a kid inside. Yeah. But I, so I don't do that. I don't do it because I'm actually not an idiot. Yeah. God, we are just dicks to everybody. We're the worst. We just, we just alienate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. You're okay. Oh, actually, we should make that caveat. If you are a cowboy dabbler, you get a pass. Yeah, just because you're a dabbler, though. Yeah, you look handsome. Yeah. You look good today. It's a good bolo tie. Oh, I hate even saying that. <laughs> oh, it's a good bolo tie. Oh, God. You dabbler. I'll wear a cowboy hat for you. If you send me an email of you wearing it with no pants. <laughs> Deal. So they have to wear no pants and then you to... wear a cowboy hat? Yeah, they send me a picture of them with no pants and a cowboy hat. I will send them a picture of me with nothing on and a cowboy hat. Nice. That's a good deal. We'll just have some... I'm going to send you a picture later of me not wearing pants and a cowboy hat to get that picture of you. <laughs> I mean, the... I said it. The deal's out there. If you're a dabbler. Bam. Anybody. This is what we call a uh, consensual dick pic. As opposed to all the other ones I send. 
to or ra- anybody for that matter. Has random, anyone ever asked them? I send them to random phone numbers. <laughs> uh, be surprised. I got a lot of new friends. Hey, new dabbler, check this out. <laughs> Bam. Yeah, don't open an email from me. Well. <laughs> He uh, loves the cowboy shit, but he's a bad cowboy because he's spoiled. Yeah. So he doesn't like being dirty. He he gets over that later. But as of now, he keeps his boots very polished. He keeps his guns very polished. He goes to dinner one night with Beatrice and shoots himself in the leg. Does he really? Because he kept his gun in his pants in this casual cowboy fashion. Oh, my God. What's up? Blap! And then he and Beatrice run out of the restaurant. To make it look like somebody else shot him? Why? Like the whole bar was like, oh, somebody's shooting. And they're like, oh, it's not me. He got me. I got to get out of here. Yeah. He oh ran He God. ran out and just told everybody, like, that's weird. I don't know who. Is it because it's embarrassing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's funny as shit. And then he cried to Beatrice because he was so embarrassed. And then she was like, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, we got a cover story. And then he told her he was actually crying because she didn't ask him if he was okay. <laughs> I love this because there is so much manliness manly wow I love this because there's so much manliness within this girliness and that's mm. he just got shot and if I got shot I would cry because I was just shot with a gun sucks that that's why I would cry but he's not worried about that he's like you don't care about how I feel <laughs> you didn't ask if I was alright and yeah. you know what I'm not okay I'm not okay and, you know, it's embarrassing. Which really, I don't know. That's weird. Maybe he was just crying because he was embarrassed and he didn't want to tell her that. So he's like, no, you just don't care about me. I don't know. Or maybe because it was hurting. But that's all weird. Yeah, maybe he's just fucking in pain. <laughs> I'm not crying because of this. You're this is crying. fine. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. You just don't, you don't get me. All you make is women. <laughs> I hate you. Ugly girls. Ugly, dark-haired girls. It's so funny. So did he go to the hospital? Yeah, he went and got the bullet out, and uh, that's embarrassing. Just kept that story up. That some I don't, I don't know. Somebody's somebody's throwing stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, Pancho Villa ran his men into uh, northern and northern American towns. Like he's just getting ballsier and ballsier and moving up more into American territory, yeah. taking hostages and robbing people and killing people. Fuck. So Georgie's commanding guy Pershing puts together. The punitive expedition, which just means go kill him, is the plan. And Patton they begs. give it like really weird, like, sounds a lot more formal than like, hey, go knock that guy off. Right? That's how the military is. Yeah. Like, the punitive expedition, which is five guys like, go kill him. Go shoot him in the head, please. Yes, sir. Punitive expedition. And they get a patch that says punitive expedition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though they're just murderers. Yeah. Well, Patton begs to come along, and Pershing is like, didn't you just get shot and you're... Not really that important, but Patton, like, gets on his knees and begs to come because he wants action. Gets on his knees and begs to come? Jesus. Yeah, that's what... And, and I guess it works. Georgie does. Yeah, he comes. Well, Pershing comes, and then Patton comes. And they go along with him and to go, go get it. <laughs> well, Patton actually becomes Pershing's personal aide. So he just stands by him, taking notes and shit. Yeah. And Pershing is a very no-bullshit, strict, kill-first, ask-questions-later type. Okay. And Georgie kind of picks up on that. And he absorbs that style. And they get into a few squabbles out in the desert. Um, they push Poncho down and back into Mexico, actually into Chihuahua, which is fun. Wait, that's a city? Yeah. 
I didn't know there was a city called Chihuahua. Yeah, it's where the where the puppies are from. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I saw that when, when I was reading it. I was like, they're That's in awesome. Chihuahua? That's fun. Yeah. My my little special fat boy is a Chihuahua. Your little, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> fat boy. He's, yeah. he's very fat. He's a, little, he's a little tumpy. He was in the backyard today, and some random uh, dog from the neighborhood, a, a po- poodle, just appeared. And I was like, fuck, because it's a big dog, and poodles are kind of aggressive. Yeah. But they... Got along swimmingly. Oh, nice. And I tried to catch the poodle to find his owner, but he slipped my arms. But uh, that's the adventure of my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good story. I like it a lot. It's amazing. <laughs> well, uh, in, uh, in George's journal, he noted that he felt bad for the conditions of the Mexicans, saying they were very, very poor and that it was very terrible living conditions. So his recommendation to himself, he didn't apply this to the military, but in his journal, he suggested that we take over Mexico to either give them the American opportunity to better themselves or exterminate them to rid the world of the filth. Wow, those are the two options. Yeah, it's one or the other. Fuck, Jesus. I mean, really, you know, that's great. Either, you know, help them out or put them out of their misery. Fuck. That's where his head's at. Wow. He sees poor people and he's like, That know, sucks. We could give you a job, but maybe burying you would be easier. <laughs> It'd be better for the world. It'd actually create more jobs for us. You know, that might be the way we go. Bury you guys. Round them up, boys. Jobs. We're going to kill some browns. <laughs> Jesus We're going to make Christ. the world a better place. We're going to make America and Mexico. America. America. <laughs> and great again. It's going to be great around here. Oh, well, uh, they find one of Villa's uh, top guys, Julio Cardenas, in a town uh, called Rubio, somewhere in Mexico. And Georgie, with some guys, Pershing sent them to go encounter Cardenas in a house. And they actually corner him and have a very dramatic cowboy gunfight. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Spaghetti Western. Hey there, Pilgrim. Yeah, that's what Georgie got off his horse and was like, hey, Pilgrim. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But they end up uh, killing a bunch of Cardenas uh, guys. No entiendo. What's that? Sorry, I I said the Spanish version of what you said. Of what? You're like, I don't understand what you're And I was like, Uh, no entiendo. No Nintendo? Mm Mm-hmm. Mexican's weird. No. They speak Mexican, right? Mexican, yeah, Spanish, yeah. I can I can speak a lot of it. Um, gordita, gordita, chalupa, mm-hmm. N- uh, no soy. I don't like soy. No. It's too salty. No gato en las pantalones. Um, and something baño. About, something about pants. Oh, uh, donde esta biblioteca? <laughs> yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. Or Masa Menos. Where is the library? <laughs> Where is the bathroom? My name is My name is George. Sarah yeah, my name is Sarah Kaya. My name is Sarah Kaya Comzen. <laughs> Miyamo. I took four years of Spanish and that's what I got for yeah, you. Yeah, me too. So uh very cowboy movie firefight, and this is actually one of uh Georgie's highlights of his life. Oh cool. He loves shooting guns and killing people yeah he realizes how much fun he fucking had um and he wrote a letter to beatrice he calls her b beatrice his wife he says you're probably wondering if my conscience hurts for the killing of a man it does not (laughs) i feel about it just as i did when i caught my first swordfish i'm just surprised at my luck wow yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like that he's like also guessing for like you probably think I'm a terrible person <laughs> and how do I feel about it? But let me uh, reassure you. I'll tell you. I'm fine. Don't care. It's kind of like it's like fishing. It's like it's a lot like catching a fish. Yeah. I 
I grilled the guy up after. Oh, that's lucky of you, me. You probably think I feel bad about cannibalism. I do not. <laughs> let me let me put your your mind to ease. You're probably wondering if your husband is a cold murderer. <laughs> he is. <laughs> you might be wondering, did he rape that man? I did. I did. You're also probably wondering what I might do if you don't give me a son soon. You should wonder. <laughs> Letter over. <laughs> well, uh, the expedition doesn't end up getting Pancho Villa, but it does push him out and down further into Mexico, and so not much happens after Pancho. Um, they not get him? No. Nah. Nah. I don't know what ends up happening to him, but at least Georgie's expedition doesn't catch him. Yeah. And he starts feeling like he's in a dead-end career because he's like, there's a war going on, but there's not me there. Yeah. And he is made a captain for his exploits down there uh, killing people. <laughs> and Woodrow Wilson finally sacks up and decides that we need to go into Europe to help fight. Okay. Um, despite having a pretty lame and small army, the American army at that point is very, very small. Yeah. It's really not all that impressive. But our shipping... That's what she said. Mm-hmm. She did. This is a bit small, not Wood- that impressive. Woodrow Wilson's wife said that. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, I'm going to become president. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> what do you think now? <laughs> Still small. I want to give you executive orders. Bitch. Well, our, our boats are getting constantly harassed by German U-boats. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, we better go. So uh, Georgie is with his commander, Pershing, and they ship off for Liverpool in 1917. And in England, they have a large gala to welcome the coming Americans, and Patton meets the current uh, munitions minister, Winston Churchill. Ooh, who is not doing so well in World War One. <laughs> No, kind of fucks. He kind of fucks that up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Then they like give him a job and fire him and give him a job and fire him. Like multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this one, he gets to be basically the commander of the military, and then he makes some decisions that uh, more or less weren't necessarily bad, but they ended terribly. So he get blamed. He got blamed for it being shitty. <laughs> what and where it's things that are his fault or out of his hands or whatever. Yeah. But you just get blamed for it. Yeah, that's what happens when you're in charge. You're the guy standing there. Heavy head wears the military crown. Yeah. Heavy is the head that eats the crayons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Don't eat so many crayons and it's not quite so. Oh. I ate a bunch of them and now I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they actually get along just fine. I mean, they don't talk because Winston's important and Georgie is not. Right. But Georgie does find him to be impressive even though he hates the english because he hates everyone that's not white and american yeah uh they move over into paris and he writes to beatrice a lot about he just complains that he's basically an errand boy and he's like i should be killing people (laughs) and he doesn't um the military guys there actually hate him because he's spoiled he has a very nice car that he buys just to drive from his apartment to the military office in Paris. It's like two blocks. Okay, yeah. And military guys don't make a lot of money, but he's rich, so he doesn't like anyone, and they don't like him. Cool. He's having a great war. Um, They, let's see. Oh, they set up their, the the American army base is set up in Lorraine, France, which Lorraine, France comes up quite a bit later in World War II, but it's also where uh, Joan of Arc is from. Oh, yeah. She's from the province of Lorraine, but... Right, right. Yeah. So there's a 
back in 1915, there was this English fella named Ernest D. Swinton who had read in a history book about a gentleman named Tom Tanks who put metal metal siding on his side, (laughs) and everybody wrote it off. But Tom built it to protect the trenches and the moats that he put around his parents' house when he wanted time alone to jerk off. Uh And Ernest Swinston read that and was like, it's an interesting vehicle idea. And so he starts designing uh, what we call now tanks. Mm-hmm. Did you get with Tom Wheels at all by any chance? Every modern invention <sighs> has Tom Wheels on it, but he gets no respect. Right. No he, justice. There's no justice. He should, though. Well, he should be recognized. Both of them. Both Toms. <laughs> Tom Tanks and Tom Wheels. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Ernest D. Swinton, the English fella... He actually, because World War One had so much trench warfare, yeah, and we wanted to put the bigger guns that everyone was working on onto a vehicle that could get them around the rough terrain. And he was looking at the American uh, Caterpillar trailer that we use for like uh, construction. This is actually a really big deal for uh, World War One. Yeah, he was like, let's just put guns on those things. Yeah, and the the tank is born. Um, we actually have a buddy who works in Caterpillar, and he told me the same thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's well known. I don't know if it is either. So, yeah, there's People another fun fact. exclusive. Yeah, so in World War One, uh, they used Caterpillar, like what you would go see to like do excavations and shit. And they would just be like, hey, let's just put – they're big, they're metal. They can drive on anything. Just yeah. give it a big gun. They can carry big weight. They also use it a lot to move a lot of dirt too. I mean they were really big into uh, – well, those trenches and shit. Yeah, building build. trenches and shit. But yeah, they're like while they're doing that, like let's arm it too. Fuck. Well, and I don't know why the English didn't have some equivalent of this, but it's more of an American product, the Caterpillar trailer. Yeah. Or tractor. So maybe it's just because we were still building our country at that point, maybe. Yeah. But it's that combination of like you know the American uh, machinery, the British inspiration. Bam. And Tom Tanks. And Tom Tanks. And we have history. Well, one, Winston Churchill loved the fuck out of that, and he tried to order his staff to get more into developing this thing. And by 1916, the Brits have the first tank, which they called the Big Willie. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm it's, such a child this episode, too, and I just love that. Willie. And Big Willie. <laughs> it's Wiener. Uh, yeah. Which it had mixed results, but they're getting better. Um there is a lot of hesitation about their effectiveness, but they, the Americans are like, we should probably get in on this. And they want somebody ballsy, a little bit crazy, but with some brains, who maybe can't read that well. And so? So Georgie is assigned <laughs> the first U.S. Army soldier in the tank corps. Really? He's the first? Yeah. Wow. So he is sent to Langres, France. Mm-hmm. Probably it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he's got an assistant, uh, Lieutenant Elgin Brain. His name is actually Brain. And they go to learn every single goddamn thing they can about tanks. They go to Britain and learn all their shit. They go to France. They're like, what are you guys working on? And they learn everything about all the mechanics. Yeah. And um, so Georgie is like the pusher and the brain behind this project. He has a, a commanding guy, Colonel Samuel Rockenbach. Rockenbach? Which is just fucking cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Rock and Buck. Rock and Buck. Doesn't know so much. Yeah, Rock and Buck em. tank bots. Yeah. <laughs> and Rock and Buck doesn't know so much about tanks or maybe even give a fuck. He's just in charge. Oh, like, okay. Georgie, get results. Do the, you do the stuff. Someone put me in this and you love this. Go. I'm, t- I'm tired. Yeah. You do this. I'm a colonel. So for several months, um, it's just those three running the American Tank Corps. And that's really just them. That's crazy. Studying how to get it working. The French have a tank called the Renault, or it's French, so it's probably Renault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Renault tank, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they watch some of the British offensives with the tanks, like the first tank offensives ever, so they can understand what like tank maneuvers should be. Is it just like them practicing like just in general, or is it, like in World War One they're watching them? They're watching them. Like, they're actually being used in war. It doesn't go well. No. No, the very first uh, tank battle with the British is at a place in France called Cambrai, or Cambrai, and it doesn't... They kind of fuck off. I mean, it, it's not until later they learn how to really use them. Right. The best way is and have an I'm now just picturing, like, some guys inside there with, like, those little like little pedals, like, you know, <laughs> those crappy, like, toy cars that the kids drive around in, and they're, like, pedaling it, like, okay, this hurry, is hard. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Turn the thing. We need a hamster wheel. <laughs> and they're just getting stuck in trenches. Help! Yep, they explode out their pipe of the whatever it's called. Yeah, the big gun. The, but yeah, I think they point the gun at the ground, hoping it will blow them out of the <laughs> trench. <laughs> See, wait, wait, I got an idea. I got an idea. This, Check this out. No one's trying. Oh, I'm on fire! Go. We're on fire! We're dying in here! Oh are, God! Are we out of the trench? <laughs> I can't tell. Okay, shoot again. How is this going? Is this looking good? Do we look cool? Dude, I feel cool. Well, I feel really hot, actually, and tired. Bloody. Those were the first tank wars. Yeah, and the Germans were just like, what the hell? <laughs> they killed themselves. They're just running into each other and lighting on fire, and the gun is weird. It's too much. Um, well, Georgie is soaking in all that, and he's actually pretty stoked because he's like, yeah, big metal cars with guns. I'm into that shit. Yeah. And he starts the uh, the first tank school in a little French village called Borg. What do they What do they teach? How to drive them or how to make them? Um, he's teaching like the tactics that he thinks is going to be most effective with them. Okay. And they they have like a shop where they're like, let's start building these and making them work. Cool. And he's assigned a couple of officers to design and run the things and. They make insignia, and they're getting stoked about being like a whole arm of the military. Yeah. Georgie finally feels like he's a part of something. Yeah, he's got a staff. He's got a crew. You know? They're yeah. running exercises. They're writing up protocols. He's like... Well, this is crazy. Like, the first tanks for America. That's insane. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. I don't know. I knew the dude loved tanks, but he was, like, in charge. That's weird, yeah. Well, he's promoted to lieutenant colonel. And he has the official battalion is the first light tank battalion. How old is he during this time frame? What time? What what year did you say it was? It's nineteen eighteen, so I think he's in his thirties. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Pershing, the main army commander for American military, had slowly gotten the American military up to an interesting point. We were, before we had like a couple hundred thousand soldiers, and through the draft, he got us up to one point three million. The drafts will do that, I think, yeah. When you don't ask. <laughs> when you tell them you have to, yeah. You get a lot. Get the fuck over to France. Um, and so they get a bunch of fresh soldiers to get out there to fight in northeast France. And uh, this is very... Well, let's see. They end up fighting in the... What is that called? 
oh, the St. Mihail region, which is like a very important part of World War One, when the tank battalion is finally actually about take to off. take off. Yeah. Well, they had back-ordered a bunch of actual tanks. They had them designed, but they didn't have any American mm-hmm. tanks. They were like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it all got fucked up in bureaucracy. Yeah. Where George was like, "This is the design we need," and they sent it in this. This person doesn't like it, so they revise it, and they send it back, and they don't have the funding, and it goes back and forth to the point when they have a whole fucking program with drivers and training and manuals and no tanks. Like just pretend you're in a tank, right? Pretend you're encased okay. in, like, protection, and then you go pew-pew to make the gun noises. You are the engine sound. Yeah. You just run behind us. <laughs> okay, you're the fake... We don't have a real radio. You're the fake radio guy. <laughs> hey, we're moving up on the enemy. Pew, pew. One guy's not, like, keeping up with them. He's like, you just went through the tank wall. It's impossible, you idiot. Keep up. God. You have no sense of imagination. You look like an idiot right now. Get with the rest of the guys. Jake, I swear to God, if you do this one more time, I'm going to shoot you with my fake turret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, war is so much fun. So they don't have any tanks, but they have the people to drive them. Yeah. That's fun. What they end up doing is the French were like, you guys look ready, but you're not. So they give them 140 what French tanks? Because the, they're there to the help Renault. them too. So yeah. Yeah, I mean they're their allies, and he's trained them. Um, and so they they end up getting four platoons worth of dudes to. Damn. Let's move this shit. Yeah. So in preparation for this battle that they're about to fight, uh, Georgie wrote a letter to his men instructing them that the American tank reputation is that they never ever surrender, and the American tank is never allowed to fall into enemy hands. You are never to stop and take ground. You always move forward. If the tank breaks down and runs out of gas, you get out of the tank and run with the infantry. Right, but that leaves the tank. That's his That's his policy. So his rules are don't leave the tank unless you have to. Yeah. Don't leave the tank ever except for when you run out of gas. I know. I love how there. he's like, don't let it get into enemy hands. But if it runs out of gas, just leave right, it. There's nothing you can do. Like It's a big tank. I get it. What else are you going to do? Yeah. It's got a huge gun on it. I can't use it now. Just leave. <laughs> yeah. So... That's his part of his philosophy is to always be pushing forward and don't very aggressive. Don't nice. take ground, take lives, take people, take, yeah. make death. Um, well, his battalions are supported by infantry, which is sort of the way that they use tanks, where tanks are like, you know, like a big cavalry thing, and the yeah. infantry supports them. And early in that first battle, because they are up in northeast. Uh, France trying to take this St. Mihail region. Mm-hmm. I could never <laughs> fucking French. King Henry the Seventh. Yeah. Exactly. If I can. So it's really the St. Mihail. Yeah. That they're trying to save from the Germans, even though the Germans are assholes, but their language makes fucking sense. Und keiner Eier. Yep. You pronounce everything, at least. <laughs> All the letters. That Pretty hard. That doesn't sound like water's falling out of your fucking face. No, but you always sound like you're pissed. Pissed or... Aggravated or... Or, like, oddly, like... You were hmm. beaten recently. It's a nice day outside, no? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it's not nice. Oh, okay. Mm. No, 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 no. No, not nice. All right, fine. Is it Autobahn? Autobahn? That's the only German I know. Well, uh... During this battle, uh, Georgie has these four battalions. They go in different directions because they have different infantries and they're running different plots, you know. Sure. He's not in charge. He's just 
doing what everybody Pershing tells him to do and Rockenbach tells him to do. He's the field commander. Okay. So they lose he loses phone contact with one of the front lines of his men. And they don't have radio yet. Yeah. Back in World War One. To establish connection you literally had to run a phone line. Yeah. And he lost phone line connection. And they also use fucking runners or pigeons. And For real? They used pigeons. Jesus. And I guess his pigeons were afraid of the shit Blasting, blowing up. yeah. So he runs to the front of the of the uh, the line in a little village called Essie, where he found that his tanks were supporting the head commander there, one Douglas MacArthur. Oh. Which is wild. Yeah, that's weird. And to convene, because Douglas is in charge of the infantry and George is in charge of the tanks, they actually stood on a raised pile of dirt together to kind of survey oh, the situation. That's cute. If there had been a, a, like a proper sniper, oh, yeah. World War II would be different. <laughs> they were both standing there. He was like, hey, how's it going? This is a pretty good viewpoint. Yeah. We're kind of standing out a little bit. I'm kind of a loudmouth asshole, too. Let's measure dicks real quick. <laughs> Well, well, yours goes to the left. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> My mom always said those were terrible people. <laughs> I'll see you in the World War Twos. <laughs> well, not so much. But <laughs> well, the Germans uh, run out of Essie, and the battle moves to a next village called Pons or Pans. I don't know. It's French. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have time to Google that. <laughs> where Georgie again sits on the front lines, where he literally sat on the front of a tank to inspire his men to move forward. Because his men were getting nervous. Shit. I mean, first battle, first war. It's like, come on, you pussies. I already stood in front of a bunch of people shooting at targets next to me. That's what he does. Let's go. Yeah, he gets up there and he just screams at people like, let's go, you cocksuckers, move it. Yeah. And he actually gets spotted by uh, some Germans who shoot at him. <laughs> and he dives into a foxhole. And he actually barely avoids uh, getting shot. Getting killed. Getting shot Shit. several times, um, he uh, he runs up to the tank to tell them to turn around because they've crossed into German lines. So he jumps in the foxhole. He's like, "Fuck!" Jumps out, knocks on the tank like, "Get, get back! Get back! <laughs> we fucked up! We fucked up!" He's like, "You always said to move <laughs> forward. Did you keep going?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> retreat was not in your protocol. Get back! Get back! Huh? Nope. Sorry, who's talking? <laughs> I'm reading my manual. <laughs> Um, but George does say that after this battle, he does not fear death because glory is his only motivator hmm. and that vanity is stronger than fear. So, but, oh, okay. Yeah. That's just how he thinks, I guess. Hmm. Even though he put his men and his life in harm's Danger way. for it. <laughs> but when they back out of Pans, uh, they move on to their next assault. Well, actually they leave Pans because it gets overrun with Germans and they go back to Pans to try and take it over again yeah and it takes about four days of just blasting into it running in and running out uh, before the tide starts to turn in their favor and georgie walks to his left flank uh to see if there are germans over there and he finds some uh one of his tanks that was uh out of gas oh yeah so he runs back to the depot and gets gas and runs it back to them really <laughs> like no, field commanders don't do this. Yeah. He just likes to be there. Like bird dog. Just go. Just go. Just do it yourself. No, these idiots aren't going to fucking figure out. They're going to leave the tank like I told them earlier. Like, Fuck. if it runs out of gas, just go. I'm like, ah, I can't have to follow my own protocol. All right, I'll go get the gas. 
wait here. Don't don't let him kill you. Um, <laughs> the uh, Germans eventually retreat to their Hindenburg line, which is like the German defensive during World War One. Yeah. Well, uh, Georgie led another assault past German lines uh, when one of his groups went ahead of the infantry. So the tanks went ahead of the infantry. Yeah. And they crossed enemy lines again. Uh, and just blasted and blasted their tanks until the Germans ran. And he is so fucking happy that he's like, yeah, let's keep going. Move, move, move. Just keeps on pushing. And he's just screaming at and reprimanding the. This is where he's getting all his frustration out. Where he's just like, two daughters. <laughs> two fucking daughters. Go forward. Fucking kill them all. Well, he's just jealous because they're blonde boys. That's <laughs> what he wants. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yeah. If I can't have them, nobody can. <laughs> right. Well, uh, after this, uh, he screamed at and officially reprimanded by Rockenbach for his, quote, cavalier shit. He's like, you don't. Like, battalion field leaders aren't on the front lines. They're not out there being shot at. They're not crossing German lines and then saying, move forward, you stupid asshat. <laughs> so he gets reprimanded, but he doesn't care. Because as far as he's concerned, he's like, Fucking work, dude. He's like, I'm cool. What do you know? So Pershing plans their next offensive uh, at the Meuse-Argonne line, uh, which is uh, south of where they were before. Oh, okay. And it becomes the most important battle to end the war for at least Georgie's involvement. Right. Uh, the uh, fun fact for this is that they actually tricked the Germans into thinking that the next assault was going to be somewhere else by moving a bunch of tanks and men around to make them think it's a different front that they were about to start. Yeah. They take that lesson on to the World War Twos. Right, that's cool. But it's a smaller version of that uh, in Orgone. Oh. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Well, 2.30 a.m. on September the 26th, all men in the uh, Allied front shot towards Germany, uh, which was just like... End the war. Their way of saying we're we're done with this uh, four years of sitting in trenches and let's go get them. War of attrition shit. So they all shot at once, <laughs> and one lowly captain named Harry S. Truman described it as uh, like fireworks or like a flashing switchboard just blasting into the night. Yeah, this uh, was an interesting little thing I found there. Well, Georgie and his guys advanced through a thick fog uh, that morning at 6 a.m. after they did their shooting, and he didn't know where he was. He had a there was so much fog he couldn't tell. He had a compass to tell where he was, but he had no fucking idea where he was. Just like shows up in Berlin, he's like, "Fuck, we went too far." Uh, <laughs> Shit, just shoot and keep moving, <laughs> keep going. That's all keep I know. Going. Uh, Never retreat. We're going to Beijing. Is this China? Yeah. Where am I? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> compass never works well they advance into the same a... compass that fucking a uh, booth had <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> god. actually the compass was working fine he was just an idiot <laughs> so n means never surrender, <laughs> never surrender. <laughs> so that's where we're going <laughs> dipshit yeah useless <laughs> useless useless well they advance into a village a village called chepi and as george is uh, apt apt to do he crosses into the german line yeah took incredible fire and a bunch of his tanks got stuck in trenches and his infantry got lost oh uh, shit in the fog and panicked and just sort of ran in different directions 
Uh, so Georgie started running around, grabbing guys, trying to get them not confused. Me like, no, no, we're over here. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Yeah, come over this way. Uh. Yeah. Oh, that's a German. That's a German. The other way. The other way. Come back. Come back. Okay, shoot that way. Uh, Is that? Fuck. Is that Socrates? <laughs> Is <he> ah! <laughs> fuck you! No! <laughs> yeah. It wasn't going great. Did they ever attack each other by accident? Hopefully not. Not that I read, but probably. Uh, I think I see something. I see movement in the fog. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why'd you do that? Why aren't you speaking German? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I was never here. <laughs> no one no one saw this. Actually, I don't think anyone really did, so did perfect. You see that German that speaks really clear English? <laughs> that was weird. I, I shot him too. Good job, buddy. <laughs> we all shot him. <laughs> <laughs> one, one boy's just like, help, I think I'm getting shot by my own man. Germans! <laughs> Get him again! He's still talking in that. Like You'll never hat. fool us. We know you're German. It's like a Kansas accent, too. It's perfect. I don't know how he even did that. Didn't Ike accidentally go across the lines, too, later on? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was usually, like, after the assault was okay, and he's yeah. visiting. Driving around in, like, a normal... Yeah. Like, in his Jeep, like, yeah. surveying. Because Ike, Ike never saw battle. Yeah, he was just the uh, commander for what was going to happen on D-Day. Yeah, in fact, later, Georgie... Fucking, he loves Ike, but he hates Ike. Because he's like, you've never even, no one's ever shot at you. Yeah. You don't can't tell people what to do. You can't tell me what to do. But he does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, the, the German fire intensified, and uh, a bunch of the infantry literally just s- sat down and cried. Because they, I mean, these are kids. Yeah. Ill-trained. 18-year-old 18 kid, 18 kids. There's fog, and there's just screaming and gunfire and they just so the whole thing just fell apart so georgie grabbed six dudes and he's like the only six dudes you can find he's Shit. like we are moving forward this is a war fuck they move forward and uh all six of them uh were killed oh, oh no. sorry five of them were killed pretty much immediately jesus uh he was shot in the ass well actually he was shot in the front of his thigh right next to his femoral artery yeah and it came out of his ass <laughs> it's kind of it's a little funny i'm sorry it left a silver dollar size exit wound through his butt jesus cheek. christ that's a big that's a big hole it's a huge i think the i think we were shot him was fucking close yeah because it's still funny yeah. he's just out there shooting and five of these kids get killed and after he shot the one guy who didn't get killed dragged him into uh, a shell hole, yeah. a hole left by a shell, and uh, one of his tanks found him and sort of guarded him, and he almost bled out for two hours before somebody was like, able to force. Oh, we got pressure on it. <laughs> we have to push down on your ass, <laughs> sir, with my mouth. I mean, with <laughs> wait. Yeah. Georgie was into all of that. Yeah, in a hole. Well, he's dragged to an army hospital and uh, wrote a letter to Beatrice that said, "Missing half my bottom." <laughs> but otherwise, all right. Uh, the hole in my hip is about as big as a teacup, and they have to leave it open, which I suffer none at all except when they dress the wound. I look as if I just had a baby or is unwell. Uh, a male baby, by the way. A, hint, hint. A blonde, beautiful. <laughs> it wouldn't mine. But he said, uh, we still broke the Prussian guard with our tanks, so it's all fine, and this is a stupid letter, but it's hard to write. He said that? Yeah. He says weird shit. He's just odd. This is a stupid letter. Here, I'm going to send it. And goodbye. It's like, have you ever texted somebody something, and like as you texted, you realize you messed up, and rather than trying to go back and like fix it or anything, you're just like, 
That's stupid above. Like, it says, like, I should have corrected that. Two sentences ago. Just and you hit disregard. send, which you could have done before you hit send, so clearly, yeah. Anyways. I think every time I do that, I immediately backtrack, like, okay, I'm an idiot. So, he's got a second hole in his ass. Yeah. And he's getting, or he got in some trouble for this offensive being a little reckless, but they did break into the lines and made quite an effect to the point where they were more happy than not. Pershing was like you shouldn't have done that, but good job. But you also got shot, so maybe you feel bad about it, or maybe you you learned. I got two assholes now, so okay. <laughs> but Georgie's like, Lydia, you know it's awesome. <laughs> Shit from two places at once. Yeah, I can eat whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. One hot one gets a little bit burning. That's fine. I use the other one next use time. It. I just switch. <laughs> it's like doing kegels. So you switch. Got a little train track, a little switcher. Ugh, it's like a switch on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's uh, by October the 19th of 1918, he is uh, made a full colonel. Yeah. Goes back to Borg to do more of his screaming at his men. And he doesn't see battle again because November 11th is when the armistice is signed. And World War One is over in the books. Nice. Uh, and he's bummed, actually, because he feels like he didn't get to see enough action or kill enough people or command enough. Yeah. That's just how he thinks. Weird. It's kind of like how like Winston was as well, Churchill. He was like, mm-hmm. even though you do something awesome or great or like a big deal, he's like, oh, it wasn't enough. Never satisfied. Yeah. Maybe that's how hyper-ambitious people are, and I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, <laughs> I doesn't say I'm um, either. But for me, if I was in one battle that intense i would tell that story till to death people would be annoyed with me i was like dude that's the only thing that ever happened to me it was foggy and i got shot in the ass and i saw this kid crying so i grabbed him i'm like front line and then he was immediately killed (laughs) so i grabbed another one i'm like let's go and he was immediately killed (laughs) and then i got shot in the ass yeah i'm pretty sure we got might have accidentally shot one of our own he was a german it was a german speaking really good english yeah he was saying, don't, my name's Tommy from Brooklyn. <laughs> so I shot him in the face. <laughs> they can't, can't those trick Germans, me. tricky, tricky motherfucker. They can't trick me. And later on, he's reading an obituary of Tommy from Brooklyn. He's like, hmm, huh, those Germans are sneaky. <laughs> How did they get, they snuck his name in here. Very tricky. Slippery little fucking Germans. <laughs> Well, he spends the next several months wrapping up his tank department because they're shipping up to go home. Uh, but he's given lectures and writing about the tank corps and how it works. But he fucking hates it because he's not killing anymore. Yeah. He doesn't feel valid. But he gets sent home in April of 1919, and he's stationed at Camp Mead in Maryland and doesn't know what the fuck to do in peacetime. I mean, the world ends in 1918, and America doesn't get involved in World War II until 1943. Yeah, 42, yeah, 43. He just sort of fucking faffs around and complains. There's nothing. It's so boring. Why can't I kill anyone? Do you guys know what it's like to kill versus not kill? Killing is so much more adrenaline. (laughs) So much more validating to me personally. Yeah. And, uh... The uh, wartime American army was up to 3.7 million, but after the armistice, uh, after several years of slowly cutting down, the army went down to less than 200,000 enlisted men, and that's where he works, and he's just not sure what to do with himself, because now he's like, yeah, I guess I can command a base while we all just fucking <laughs> fart around here. Yeah. Um, 
so what do we got here? He, at Camp Meade, meets an up-and-coming lieutenant colonel named Dwight Eisenhower. Woo! They become fast friends because they're both uh, shit-talkers and going bald. Yeah. And they both have wives. I hear that's the best camaraderie is, oh, you lost your hair too? What's up? Bummer. So everyone looks down at you too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. Well, uh, they actually have quite a fun time. So right now is the preview for my upcoming movie, the uh, Ike and Georgie shenanigans movie. <laughs> Craziness. Two boys out of control. Yeah, one of them's a little more clumsy than the other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think in that dynamic, Georgie would be the dumb, i fall over one. <laughs> and I could be like, oh, man. Get up. <laughs> I might shoot you in the ass again, you <laughs> dumb motherfucker. <laughs> I'll shoot myself before you do. <laughs> <laughs> How many people did you did you really kill Americans? In the... <laughs> no. Who? I can't hear you. <laughs> so, uh, Georgie and Ike actually are friends uh, due to the ramification of the 18th Amendment, which is prohibition. Right. Shortly after this, uh, which means you can't buy booze, they bonded over Ike's bathtub gin. And Georgie's homebrewed beer. Dude, that's funny. So they sort of helped each other drink each other's product. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, you know, they're opposites economically because Ike came up poor. Yeah. So sort of, you know, uh, opposites attract kind of thing. Yeah. There was one fun story where there was a, outside of the base, there was somebody robbing people on the highway. So, of course, they had a couple too many drinks, grabbed four handguns, and drove up and down the highway trying to find the robber so they could rob him. Jesus, that's funny. They did end up pulling over a guy who was not the robber, <laughs> who was terrified out of his goddamn gourd. It's oh, like, you like robbing people, do you? You well, like that? Well, it's like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'll rob you! <laughs> Shoot him! No, wait, hold on. Georgie, hold on. Let's not kill him right He's, he's not. He's a German. He's talking <laughs> the way they did over there. <laughs> We're going to rob you, robber. <laughs> the great thing is, is actually there was never ever a, a robber. It was just them always getting drunk and robbing people. that they forgetting <laughs> yeah. that they made up the whole thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> another time they took an entire tank apart down to its bolts and then reassembled it. Just to just do so. Like a nerdy guy thing to do. Yeah. And there's one weird story where I guess they had like a 10-foot wire that was like tied up very taut. For some reason, mm-hmm. when they were doing this, and it actually snapped because they didn't secure it correctly, and flew across the room and almost cut both their heads off. Jesus! So it's a pretty fun movie. Another time, <laughs> it was Georgie, wasn't it? Who didn't oh, tie it off? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! We almost just died again. Uh oh! Hey, Ikey! <laughs> I was cut your head off. Ike and George. Bing! Ah, oh, what a great! I want to see it now. <laughs> I know, right? Because another time they were out shooting and they had a 30 caliber machine gun and they wanted to see how long you could shoot it until you can't until the metal gets too so hot. hot yeah so they shot it until the barrel melted oh my god and bullets started flying <laughs> in every direction and they both had to run like ah <laughs> god just take off in different directions george was a little bit slower and stumbled and he got shot in the ass again <laughs> And Ike was like, oh, Georgie. So I guess it's actually really good having you around, because if anything bad's going to happen, it'll, it'll happen to you. It's true. With his luck, you, yeah. He's yeah. the guy you want to jump out of a plane with, because you're fine. <laughs> your, your shoot will be the one that works. You're fine. Yeah. Well, they both love tanks, so they do actually talk a lot about tanks and discuss and advocate the future of the tank army. Um, the army has no interest in promoting tanks, because they're like, we don't want to 
We don't want to invest in it, and we're hoping for not another war. We don't. Yeah. We're not a. This is before America was like world police. This is when. Yeah. Peacetime army was small. A small career, really. Yeah. And uh, he was a colonel in the war, but they also reduce your rank in peacetime. Oh, I didn't know that. That's weird. So now he's a captain. Is that so just because he gets paid less? <clears throat> it probably is a monetary thing as well as, like, in the war he's commanding actual men into battle, and at home he's telling them to make their beds. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can be a captain of that. Yeah. You dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Two assholes. Your boots aren't shiny enough. That is a big thing for him. He he is nuts about shiny shoes, wear a tie, always yeah. look good kind of soldier. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I get that, I guess. Um, he also died a bunch uh, during this weird period. He got the chicken pox. Um, he died a bunch? Almost died. Oh, I was Sorry, like, did I say? Did he come back or he something? He died like? a bunch of times. No, he almost died. Yeah. Uh, got the chicken pox, which I guess as an adult. It's dangerous. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that happened to him. He was in his 30s or 40s when he got the chicken pox. Yeah. Uh, he also got, had a heart attack from an allergic reaction to a medication. Oh, that should be something worth noting. So mm. chicken pox, I just found this out like I think a year or two ago. Yeah. They have a vaccine for chicken pox now. Really? Yeah. Like it's new? Yeah. Ah. So like kids today don't have to experience that. Like if you're like me, you had a chicken pox party, right? I did it with my cousins, yeah. Yeah, so I had to do the same thing. Yeah, which is weird. <clears throat> I get it, but it's weird. Yeah, so when you're a young kid, you, it's okay to get the chicken pox. Your body can fight it, but it sucks. For some reason, yeah. Even though it's like the opposite with other diseases. Yeah, usually it's better to younger. get it as, yeah. yeah. But so, and the reason why you purposely make yourself or your kids get them when they're young yeah. is because it's dangerous when you're older so if you find out your yeah. cousin or whoever has a chicken box you send your kids over there and be like okay go get the chicken you box rub your kid's face against his cousin's face <laughs> yeah, like, you sleep in the okay. same bed or whatever sleep in this basement for two weeks <laughs> yeah. and watch land before time yeah. yeah but now kids today don't have to uh go through that luckily so is it going to be a thing that they get inoculated with this like as part of their it's like the very first i think when you're born i think you get that shit well there you go yeah. well they're missing out on that experience though so because i watched return of the jedi half Roughly a dozen times, yeah. and then I scrapped a, scratched a chicken pox on my face to the point where I have a scar on my face. That's really common. So that's a whole experience the kids don't have now. Well, and I, my cousin, when he got the chicken pox when he was younger, his parents put oven gloves and like taped them to his arms so he yeah. couldn't scratch them, mm. which just sounds miserable. My parents were not. My parents didn't care how I looked afterwards. They were like, "Yeah, scratch away." Scratch away. <laughs> fuck. I don't remember if they covered my hands or not. I mean, it was in my grandma's house, so she was, like, always around. Yeah. And she's probably just yelling at us, but I don't know. Yeah. I definitely scratched. I have some scars. So now you don't get polio because of Jonas Salk, and now you don't get Woo! chicken pox because of somebody else. Vaccinate your fucking kids, you yeah. dumb meatheads. Bam. Or they'll die, which I don't care. They're your kids. I don't care. Yeah. If you leave them unattended, the story's my new friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. And you know what? I'll get him fucking vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's returned. Someone left him. Someone brought him back, and he seems to be healthier. He's healthier. He has an addiction to marijuana, but <laughs> he loves Funyuns, but... Yeah. Okay. He's got a taste for beer, too, but he's so much healthier. <laughs> and he has a lot of weird political opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he got all this stuff. Um, but he also got food poisoning... 
He got his head split open, more stitches. He broke what, some more bones. Wait, so what is he doing? Just fucking around? A lot of it, he gets super into polio, or polio, polo. Oh, yeah, polo. The, the horse game. british Very British, yeah. yeah. Which I think is, like, you have, like, a stick and you hit a ball. It's a really long stick while you're on a horse, and yeah, yeah. I don't really know the rules. I would never involve myself in polo, but he's or very horses. into it. Maybe without horses. I think that's just called croquet. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just croquet. <laughs> Except if we can ride on the back of a person. <laughs> yeah. Ha-ha! Go faster. I'll whack you with the... Th- what, a, what is this, a mallet? I don't even know what this is. Hit you in the ass with my mallet. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he's he keeps falling off his fucking horse and getting injured. Or crashing his car. Or eating old shellfish and getting food poisoning. <laughs> Why? I don't know, like, I just keep bringing this stuff up because he should be dead so many times. Yeah. And he's just not. I, I don't know. I'm curious because I actually don't remember how he dies. So don't tell me now. It's a, yeah. But it's, when it's we a get surpri- there. It is a surprise. I think I remember, but yeah, I might be mixing him up with someone else. So if you don't know the story, you don't see it coming. It's why it's weird. Okay. So he's bored. Uh, he reads every single thing you can read about war. Um, writes a bunch of poetry. Uh, he goes to the general staff college. Is that, he a good poet? It's not bad. I mean, is he considered like, like how Winston Churchill is considered to be a really good author and oh. Ike was also kind of considered to be a good author. So no, he's not like recognized for his work at all. People don't read his poetry like poetry. It's really more like you read it. Except you, the end of it at the poem, he always ends up with like, this is stupid. But, <laughs> and then, like, but this is a stupid poem. I'm going to end it now. <laughs> I mean, his poetry is very uh, classical. So it's like, it's not iambic pentameter, but it is always metered the same way. Yeah. The same rhyme scheme. And the themes are always pretty much the same about how fucking great war is. Yeah. Or how bummed out he is. How bored he is that he's not in war. Yeah. But because it's this time, like poetry at this time is like T.S. Eliot and uh, like the Dada movement. Like poetry's getting weird. Yeah. But he's writing classic stuff. So, nah, he's not really considered a poet, but he wrote a lot of it. Yeah. It's kind of fun if you want to. Yeah. You can Google it. There's a bunch of places you can see his poetry. It's weird to Google George Patton poetry, but yeah. <laughs> it exists. Yeah. Um, his finally, George Smith Patton the fourth is finally born. So his third child, he finally gets a fucking son. <sighs> finally a beautiful little boy. Blonde, it, too. Really? Yep. And it was actually Christmas Day, or sorry, Christmas Eve of 1923. 1923. He's not still alive anymore, is he? His son? Patton the fourth? No. Yeah. Patton the fifth is alive. Oh, so there was a fifth uh, from the son, I well, think his grandson? No, so it's not Patton the fourth's, I don't think, had a son. He oh. messed up. <laughs> but one of George's kids had a son. Gotcha. And his name is George Patton Waters, I think. Yeah. He's considered Patton the fifth, but uh, I'm actually going to talk about him later. Oh, cool. He comes into the story. Um, What else do we have here? I got a bunch of notes, but I'm not going to read them if they aren't interesting. Okay. So he gets into a lot of, like, just constantly hurting himself. Constantly hurting himself. Um, like I talked about in Ike, there is what's called the bonus army when World War One soldiers were not getting their back pay. Oh, right. I remember this. And then he went in and, like... <laughs> they had a protest, and then the army actually just beat them up. And then I made the comment of, like, well, doesn't that army that had to go in there and beat them up realize like that might also be them later on when they're not getting paid then nobody nobody really thought that through 
like the soldiers beating up the veterans. Like, you don't think later the government's not going to pay you too? Yeah, and then someone's going to come beat you up when you're like, this isn't fair. I'm guessing it's just a bunch of people like Patton who are all like, no wartime, but I get to beat up people? All right, let's do it. Violence? Point. Point in a direction. <laughs> because, yeah, he actually uh, runs a lot of that, like, quashing the protests. Really? He rides a horse with two guns and a stick and had, directs a small group of infantry to just oh my God. beat up these veterans. Just riding by and whacking them and shooting in the air. Ha-ha, cowboys! Bing, 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 bing. They're not enlisted. I don't give a fuck who they are. They're Germans as far as I can tell. <laughs> Jesus, man. So he did that. Uh, he also had an affair with a 21-year-old named Gene Gordon. Whoa, how old is he when this happens? This is after his third kid? Uh-huh. So he's in his 30s, late 30s. A 21-year-old. How do you even know or meet this person? She, Jean Gordon is, I don't remember how, but she's involved in the military somehow. And is it his wife know right away or anything? Not right away. Beatrice learns about Jean later. Yikes. Yeah, it's actually. Did she kick his ass? No, but I wasn't going to put it in my notes, but I'll tell you now, just because it, I'm, I'm remembering it now from what I read. Yeah. After Georgie dies, uh, Beatrice grabs Jean, who's a little bit older now. Takes her to a hotel room with uh, Beatrice's uh, brother, which is how we know this happened, and screamed at Jean Gordon for about two hours. Just straight, just screaming at her? Just screamed at her about what a whore, homewrecker, homewrecker bitch she is. And she didn't want to do it when George was alive because she didn't want to add additional stress onto him. So she waited until he was dead to scream at Jean and Man, women back in those days cry. are... That sucks because... Here, she's like, oh, I don't want to make him stressed out. Exactly. Or I'd have been like, fuck that guy. I need to rub his feet. He should be stressed. He's the one who did it. It's hard because at that, he's he's winning World War II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also cheat on your wife. So it's hard to, he should have been yelled at, but she never. I don't think Beatrice ever raised her voice to Georgie again. Like, Shit. I don't know if many. I don't think other than Ike, nobody raised their voice to George. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what he might do to you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, B learns about it eventually. Um. God, does he... she get pregnant at all? Does he have another kid with Jean? Mm-hmm. No, not that I know of. Anyway. Yeah. She might have aborted it, I guess, but that's not written down anywhere. Yeah. Yikes. Um. He starts going bald and complaining about his fear of aging. And he is generally recorded or reported as being very, very difficult to be around. Just he's just grumpy, just he's yells. Grumpy. He's he's got no war to fight. He's getting old. He has some very serious vanity issues, and going bald doesn't help that. Yeah, midlife crisis shit. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, in 1937, he wrote a pretty interesting prediction about how he said the next war I believe is going to start with the Japanese attacking Hawaii. Whoa. I don't know where the fuck he came up with that. He's just like... Well, he was sensing, like, where Japanese politics were and knowing that they were a dictatorship. And Hawaii's closest as far as America. That's what he was saying. Is He's like, from Japan, Hawaii's the closest. We're a small island. They're probably going to bomb us here. Weird. And then he also said uh, that when that happens, we should intern Japanese citizens into camps. Holy shit. I just read that in his diaries, and I was like, wow. What the fuck? That's uh, really weird, though, because like that means both him and Winston called things before that happened. There's something about military, like, 
They're up to something over there. Especially those two. And then something they're weird about those two where they can they just see read shit it. coming. Yeah. Yeah. And we did actually put Japanese into camps. Yeah. Fuck. Which, um... Not... America, yeah. America's got a lot of fucking stains all over the fucking place. You know, everybody does, but we like to have a a moral high ground that we don't actually have. Right. So... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck. You we think, have concentration camps right now. Well, I was going to say, it sucks because you think, like, well, at least we learned something, but... <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't fucking learn anything. At least we learned... Yeah. Christ. Well, I do remember that concentration camp talk during 9-11... Where they were saying, like, we should round up Muslims. Yeah, and my we, God. We dodged the bullet there, but now we just have no, more concentration camps yeah. for another group of a different race. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, they're not white? Why aren't they in a camp already? That's actually a good point. I can't trust them. Jesus Christ. They smell different. Put them in a cage. Yeah. Here well, we uh, let's see. More shit. Another weird thing. Uh, he almost crashed <clears throat> in a boat on his way... Uh, to Hawaii. <laughs> He's already been like, I've crashed on an animal, I've crashed on a car, on land. What's next? Pretty much, because they almost sank. Um, but I mention it because it's the same storm that Amelia Earhart got lost in. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? When she disappeared. Wait, was he, he was in a boat? In a, yeah, he was in a boat on the Pacific. But he wasn't getting her signals, was he? That'd be crazy if you heard some fuck. of her calls. That would be wild. Not, nothing I could see. Said yeah. That. That'd be nuts. I mean, Maybe. The more I think about it, because she's so close to him. That's weird. There's probably like, ah, some chick to turn it off. (laughs) She's just kidding. She's an ugly girl. They don't let bitches fly. This is crazy. Yeah. Turn it off. Well, uh, he also broke his leg riding a horse and almost died from an embolism that grew in his leg because he broke his leg. Is this guy's life insurance just like null? Like they're like, nah. Oh, they won't issue it. Yeah, no. He's got military insurance and that's just garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just keeps getting more and more withdrawn and depressed and becomes an alcoholic, and his kids say that he was unbearable to be around. How so? Just because he, he's constantly complaining and in a shitty mood, picking fights <laughs> with people, guy. verbal fights with people usually, yeah. and just talking about his exploits in World War One and how he should have a better life, and he's a... he's a military genius, and they're like, we get it, Dad, Jesus Christ. Okay, great, that's... Thank you for yelling that at my boyfriend for three hours. Can I go to high school? <laughs> and this is um, well. He's finally promoted to colonel in 1938, which right before, or, Shit. which is right before. Sorry, uh, ni- September of 1939, when Germany invades Poland. Right, World War II starts. Um, so FDR's field, or sorry, chief of staff George Marshall. Uh, knew Georgie and liked him, and he was like, I think I'm going to use you for this shit later. You're crazy, and you've read a lot. And along with uh, Ike and a general named Omar, well, he's not a general. Uh, later, he's a general, but I think he's a lieutenant at this point, Omar Bradley, hmm. are George Marshall's favorite dudes. Who's Omar Bradley? He is the other American guy in the American front Okay. In World War II. Big guy, big he, name. He gets overshadowed by the other generals. I mean, he gets overshadowed by Patton, obviously, because he's Patton. Yeah. And then he gets overshadowed by Montgomery, the English guy. And then you've got Ike and Churchill in there. So Omar is actually very, very important in World War II, but there's he's just a lot of other bigger personalities. Yeah. He actually works for Georgie and then ends up being Georgie's boss, and they fight and they hate each other. And. That's weird. Bradley's an important figure who doesn't get talked enough about, I don't think, yeah. unfortunately. 
And Marshall is luckily also keen on tanks, so he's he starts uh, ordering an armored division to be created. And he's like, Georgie, you were in charge last time. You're in charge of second armored division. Cool. George is like, I'm finally matter. I'm a person again. I wasn't before. I told my kids. I try to tell them. They don't know. I'll tell them right now. Kids, get in here. Your dad matters. <laughs> and he's given the second armor division is 350 officers, 5,500 enlisted men, 338 tanks, 202 armored cars. Wow. He's got a real fucking force, and he finally has a boner for his actual life. Yeah, he's got one big Eiffel Tower going. He got an extra five centimeters. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen centimeters. Well. I don't see George is having the big dick type. <laughs> He's not a shower or a grower. No. He's definitely a little pecker kind of guy. <laughs> kind of guy who just screams at everybody like, yeah. Eh, yeah, you got a little dick. You little fucking bald <laughs> dickless <laughs> racist. <laughs> well, he's made uh, Brigadier General. And uh, being a general, I mean, Brigadier General is like level one of being a general. Yeah. It's low generalship. Yeah. But being a general has been his goal since he joined the military. He was like, I'm going to go to the very top and be very important. So he finally feels valid. He's got a division. He's a general. They name Armored Division Hell on Wheels because, because he's screaming at everybody and never talking about defense or taking ground. He's like, go forward. Murder. Forward. Even if you run out of gas, <laughs> get out. Push it. Push the tank. I don't care. Yeah. Everybody's pretty nervous about what George is going to do out there. <laughs> We're all going to die. Did you, yeah. hear those, did you hear about those boys he's, he made go forward into the fog? He killed a bunch. Of these, he still says they were Germans. <laughs> he still says that. It's just really those those four or five people that just died. It was really just him shoving them in front. He's like, I think I see a German. <laughs> it's so foggy. He just shoots some man. <laughs> it's probably terrible to say. But yeah. 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 It's over. Uh, he, this is when he, he's gains his moniker, old blood and guts. Yeah. Because of, in his lectures, his tendency to talk that way. He would yeah. talk about blood and guts. And talk no about, guts, no glory. Get up there. We're going to murder them all. Um, a, a gentleman, uh, or sorry, his old friend Eisenhower is actually a lower rank than him. Lieutenant Colonel at this point. Oh, really? And, uh. He actually tells Georgie, he's like, um, I might come join you and work for you if I can. That, that that sounds like a good advancement to my career. Yeah. And Georgie's like, sure, yeah, I, you can come work for me whenever. You're uh, bolder than I am, so that will be perfect to take some of the uh, pressure. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in f 1941, America still hasn't joined the war yet, but Georgie's exploits of just screaming at everyone uh, he even insists that his personal driver go 80 miles an hour everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, he redesigned the tank core uniforms into very, very crisp, single colored. Everybody's clean all the time. Yeah. Um, he starts cussing in front of his superiors because he feels fucking amazing. All this type of shit gets him attention to he is featured on the cover of time magazine really as what like not man of the year no they were doing a cover story on him and the tank core yeah and he's just this fucking personality that they're like this is a whole thing this is what america is and it feeds into his narcissism in a very unhealthy way yeah he just... but it also helps us win a war <laughs> it ends up working out yeah that's true 
Um, well, we aren't in the war, but we're giving England aid in exchange for land for bases and things like that. Technology and trade routes. <laughs> like, we take a lot from them to give them aid. We only exist because we, uh, what's that word, extorted our allies yeah. in World War II, which our president has currently tried to extort some people. So that's yeah. just the American way. Yeah, I was going to say, so the value is, is like, you don't die and you give us a bunch of shit. And in any other scenario, it'd be like yeah. giving millions for like one. But because they're in trouble, it's now millions and we, millions. We yeah. waited until they were so desperate. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we can come help you, but... You know, you've been making a lot of money over in this trade route, and we would really like to also make a lot of money on that trade route without you making a lot of money on that trade route. Do you know what I'm saying? You understand me, Churchill? Yeah. You understand? Yeah, and you got any good technology over there? Let me help you help me help you help me. Yeah. Everybody wins just in different ways. We just win more. <laughs> That's what You we... guys don't die. That's pretty valuable. That's what we do. We're yeah. making America great so yeah. that it can become great again later. Yeah. Well, uh... This is a similar situation in World War One, where really we get more involved in the war just because we're fucking annoyed about German U-boats killing our shipping lanes. And it becomes kind of the same thing, where our army was small and we build up to a much bigger army. And we end up having what's called the Army War Games yeah. in Louisiana and Carolina, where this is where we're like, we need to get the soldiers ready for actual war. So we have these war games, and Georgie is in charge of several of the war games exercises, uh, which ends up being a good example of how he fights real wars, where he tells his men, like, I'll give you $50 to kill the other leading commander. But just not kill. Yeah. You know, it's put a wooden gun to him and be like, I killed you. Got you. you. And Georgie it. does that shit, where he's like, uh, kill the other commander, and I'll give you $50. <laughs> and then you guys move into their front and just move. Just keep Push, fucking pushing them forward. And uh, his uh, exercises from his tank division do so well that he gets more and more attention where people are like, this guy is a fucking psycho. Um, he had one weird part where, like, the war games were going on, but it was nighttime. I guess the other team thought that they were done for the night. <laughs> so George got all of his trucks and tanks onto the road with no headlights, turned their radios off, and successfully flanked the other division like in the middle of the night. And he woke them up by being like, Motherfucker! We got you! <laughs> I love that they probably like ah! announced to everybody, like, all right, it's done for the night, no more, do the things. Yeah. And so they're not even like, it's not even playing right now! That's like, oh man. Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, what the fuck? Um, gotcha. So, I got you, fucker. Sorry, whose guns are in your face? Yeah. Who loses? You There's lose. no rules in war. Yeah, or love, by the way. Like, all right, George. Yeah, I can cheat on my wife. There's no rules. <laughs> <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Everybody's pretty impressed with uh, him being a dick. Yeah. Uh, well, December eleventh of nineteen forty-one is Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Uh, he did believe Bummer. that England would soon fall, which he was incorrect about. No, but it was on the verge. Fuck. Very close. So he was paying close attention to the news, and he correctly thought that the war for us would start in Africa. He's like, if England falls, that's not a front, and the German uh, presence in Africa is manageable. So yeah, it's probably where we'll start. So to get his men ready for that, he created a, a a base out in Southern California, west of Indio, in the fucking desert. 
and it's to replicate the African desert. Oh. And he treated his men just fucking awful. He made them sleep in tents in the middle of the desert, limiting their supplies, and made them march. Jesus. And march and uh, run the tanks around to learn how to get through dirt and mud and everything. And I mean, to his credit, he was out there too. Yeah. He was in a tent. Um, it was very fucking hot in the day and cold at night, and he was just showing his men, like, this is how you deal with this shit. Yeah. And Marshall's impressed by that. He's like, I didn't even tell him to do that. <laughs> He's all like, this guy's... What the hell? Right. Um, Lieutenant uh, Ike was going to join uh, Georgie in this, but George Marshall finds Ike to be a much more compelling man. So he says, Ikey, you're in charge of... Um, how about everything? Oh! So I was just going to say, I when I did the research on Ike, I thought that he moved up rank at a regular pace. Yeah. Maybe the army was like a little small, so it was easy to move up. But he jumped him. But he definitely jumped. Yeah. He uh he's just that impressive in person, I guess. Yeah. Where yeah, he skipped Bradley and George and just went whoosh, right up How to being in charge George of Georgie feel about this. He fucking hates it. Does he? <laughs> he yeah. Does. I figure. He loves Ike and their friends, but he is a very jealous it's man. like I shot my own men over in Germany. <laughs> what the fuck? Why can't I be the guy? I mean, I broke the rules in the war game. I tortured my men in the middle of the desert. What do what you do even want? do? Yeah. All you do is shake hands really well. <laughs> well, uh, Georgie almost lost his chance to go to Africa uh, because Marshall told him that. He's like, I need you to prepare one division to move over to Africa. And George says, it's a good job, boss. Uh, I need two, though. I need two divisions. And Marshall, in response to insubordination, hung up. And didn't, didn't return George's calls for about two weeks oh, until George thought he was fired. Until Marshall finally answered the phone. He's like, so you're not fired, but are you going to do what I tell you to do? He's like, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Yeah. Like, right. So sometimes babies need to be spanked and put in timeout. Yeah. Which really is how Georgie needs to be treated. Yeah. Um, July of 1942, he is assigned command of the Western Task Forces for Operation Torch. Operation Torch. So Operation Torch is the Africa thing. Um, At this time, Juan Pujol has given all of the information <clears throat> of Operation Torch, but he's not going to give it till a couple of weeks after it's already happened and dated it beforehand. So that way the Germans were all like, this is good info, too bad wartime post. Wow. I guess the post office should be better. Let's give him a raise. Thanks, Puj. Yep. God, Juan Pujol's amazing. I love Juan. Yeah, so much of that. Shit that made us win the war is just weird and little things. Yeah. Like a, a good man with a pooge. Yeah. Well, uh, Georgie is in charge of the western side of Operation Torch, which is um, all the way over in Morocco near what is going to be end up being the invasion of Casablanca. Oh. Is what he's in charge of. And as the torch planning continues, George flies to England to join Ike, and they both fucking hate England. Uh, mostly they just hate the uh, the weather. But Georgie gets into a lot of fights with the English because I, he's just Georgie. I think he doesn't like the English because they're not American, really. Like, you're speaking English, but it's not right still. It really seems like that. The more he was like, so your beer's not cold. You talk to me in a weird way. Uh, I should be in charge of this war, and apparently you are. I don't even know why. And he's just being an asshole to everyone. So everybody yeah. fucking hates him already. Um. 
he is recommended to be replaced for being too difficult to be around by the English. That's so funny. And it's not, it's only because Ike and Marshall like him that he isn't immediately fired before wow. anything even happens. Like, I don't know where Montgomery is. General Montgomery is in charge of the English front in Torch, yeah. or the commander, the field commander anyway. And he is so taken aback by Georgie. I think he was almost fired if it wasn't for Ike and Marshall. Fuck. They kind of, I think at this point, they were just like, he hasn't even fought yet. Let's give him a chance. But later they defend him because they're like, his insanity is good when you put it in front of an enemy. Yeah. So he's worth dealing with in person, even though he's fucking unbearable in person. <laughs> That's what they do. Is like, even if he doesn't have a like men or tank, just go that. make him talk to the Germans. He's just like, <laughs> they'll just retreat. Hey, man. Hey, this is just, you know what? You know what I did in World War One to you guys? And they're Let like, me tell oh, you this story. I don't want to hear it. Fuck everyone. Surrounded by crowds. And then I was miserable. It was so boring when I wasn't in war. And they're like, I, you know what? We surrender. All right. God, do, do you I have know, to listen to any more of this? Do you know how smart I am? Let me tell you how smart I am. Uh, I'm like the smartest guy ever. And nobody uses that yeah. because they don't recognize it because they're dumb because I'm smart. I should actually be in charge of the Germans too. I should be in charge of everybody, really. If you think I, about it, I, I could, could do it. I could run your war better than you. You guys are stupid. Give me a chance. Here, let me, let me ride a horse. I'll show you some cool tricks. Oh, I fell off. Oh, fuck. I need stitches. <laughs> Hey, hell, <laughs> I need stitches again. Um, well, uh, before shipping off, he has a brief meeting with FDR, who just sort of met all the commanders. And FDR, learning about Georgie's exploits, was like, huh, you going to bring a horse saddle to ride on the tank turret? And Georgie was like, it's a good idea. I actually might. Uh, he doesn't, but he's like, yeah, that's kind of a fun part. Yeah. Uh, but he does tell FDR, he's like, sir? I promise to leave those beaches either a conqueror or a corpse. Shit. And FDR was like, okay. I mean, you can leave also. If it, if it looks like you're losing and you're going to die, you get out of there. There's a third option. <laughs> nope. No, sir. Forward. That's the third option. Forward only. Uh, okay. All right. You are hard to be around. <laughs> My is... God. <laughs> this is a bit much. I'd rather... You can go now. Go to Africa. <laughs> Which, um... Is going to happen shortly when you click on part two. Part two. Yep, this is a two-part episode. This is part one, and now you're going to have part two coming up. So much. I hate that I sang that so much. I thought it was a good melody. Mm. You did a good job. Thanks. I mean, I doubt George has any musical sense, so we're adding some dimensions. Yeah. I promise I won't uh, sing again like that if you listen to part two. I promise that he might. No. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know what's going to happen. Click, uh, click part two and see. Hey, click part two because this is what we've been building to. George Patton in World War II. Woo! Oh, it's going to be glorious and bloody. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit a comment. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you do all those things. All the stuff. And then you can also watch our latest episode of Ike and Georgie live in the apartment together. It's weird. George, did you not do the dishes again? Wow. Huh? <laughs> well, I guess I better drink too much. I <laughs> fell down again. Georgie, do you need stitches again? Ah, the damn Jews! <laughs> Yay! Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.